What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Makeshift Managers Podcast. As always, I am Austin. With me is Devin. That way. That way. And, you know, you may be looking today and you may be noticing something new. And you know what? You'd be right. I did get a haircut. I appreciate you for <laughs> noticing that. Thank you, everybody. It looks really nice. I know. Thanks. Um, also, what else is new? Grant's here. Oh, that's the wrong hand. There you go. Grant's here. Grant has joined us a lot for baseball when we were into baseball a lot. Um, he's a cool dude. If you haven't seen him before on our show, then you obviously haven't been watching, and that's kind of fucked up. So, um, but Grant, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, looking forward to talking some football with you guys. It is going to be something. And if you don't follow Grant at his, you know, Twitter, like it says at the bottom at Database Hit, you should probably pause the video and just go do it right now. Honestly, we will wait. <laughs> Let me just look up the Twitter real quick. Yeah. I already okay. follow we'll, Grant, but trust it's me. It's okay. Uh, we'll wait. We'll wait. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into football, kids. It has been a wild week getting to fantasy, all this and all that. Something that's wild. Shake and bake. Bring it on Thursday night, Baker Mayfield. Oh, Josh. I, I inform Josh McDaniels, Jeremy Tillery, Derek Carr. Uh, Jeremy it's not even Tillery. Derek, Jeremy <laughs> Tillery, my friend, my brother. In Christ. I don't know if anyone's ever called him Jeremy. I don't know if that's his name. Jerry? Is his name Jerry Tillery? Jeremy? Jerry Tillery. I'm super awkward, but he doesn't deserve the respect after what he did. So oh let's God. be fair here. Um, oh, man. I could go in on the Raiders, but Devin, they're, you're, they're, they're your division rival, so you can go in on them. Um, it's kind of rude to kick somebody whenever they're down. And speaking of kicking, um, the only player worth rostering in any shape or form in fantasy this season feels like Daniel Carlson. I'm kidding. Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams have been all world talents, especially in fantasy football. But uh, Josh McDaniels couldn't coach his way out of like the uh, the sporting section of a Walmart at this point. Um, <laughs> to say his performance this season has been a uh, less than stellar would be a uh, We'll be comparing him to Nathaniel Hackett. He's been good. he's been the third best coach in this division, not by his own volition. Um, Derek Carr cried in the post game press conference, not saying crying is showing weakness. Um, real men do cry, and I commend Derek Carr for showing his emotions. But um, I also commend Baker Mayfield for showing his emotions. Uh, he had like a day with the playbook, and he's already headbutting teammates, celebrating victories. This game was ugly. Um, I don't know how the Rams won. I was at work for most of this game. I just remember looking up and Van Jefferson was catching a touchdown with five seconds left. And I said, makes sense, but I don't understand it. Um, you threw you threw the ball 20 times against a depleted uh, Rams secondary. If I'm correct, Aaron Donald was nowhere near the field for this game. Nope. And um, Josh Jacobs, 99 yards, 27 carries, um, harnessing his inner Derrick Henry at this point. Um, Devontae Adams had three receptions for 71 yards. Feels like he could have been targeted more. Just a thought. Um, if you watch the highlights, Devontae Adams is the most casual elite player I've ever seen. The things that he does against elite talent, it looks like he's not trying. Um, something that McDaniels hasn't done this entire season. Baker played exceptionally well, 230, 22 for 35 and a touchdown. Cam Akers, for some reason, showed up in a big way. Um, thank you for, uh, being on my fantasy roster, being dropped, added, dropped, and added again, my friend. Welcome back to the team. Uh, Grant, I don't know how you felt about this game. If you had to watch it, I apologize. I'm sure there was some NBA action that was more compelling. But if you're Baker Mayfield's parents, congratulations. You got to watch something actually convincing this week. 
Honestly, Grant's probably pissed because the draft pick got worse. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was the as a Lions fan, you know, you're you're rooting for as many Rams losses. So this was this was tough to see the final result. Um, I think the curse of Thursday night continues with this one. It's just bad game after bad game. Um, I, I I don't know what to make of these two teams. I, I want to ask you guys a question though. Like if, if yep. Sean McVay was coaching the Raiders, do we think this Raiders team would be a winning record playoff team? Like, is, is it, uh, is it McDaniels that is causing the Raiders to be as bad as they are? Yes. Well, the thing is, sorry to cut you off, Austin. My biggest thing You're this good. entire off season was the firing of Rich Bisaccia. Mm-hmm. I did not understand it. I get he was the interim guy. We get what John Gruden did. It felt super weird getting rid of a guy that not only the locker room loved, but led them to a winning season. Granted, Gruden had them off to an incredible start, but the adversity they faced last year and the way they were able to uh, compartmentalize that and turn that into a winning season and arguably a divisional round or basically a divisional round berth. They barely lost to the Bengals on that one Tyler Boyd touchdown that was a phantom touchdown. Um, the Raiders' season last year was all in all a success. And they fired the guy that the team had already identified with and believed in for a guy that nobody's believed in besides Bill Belichick for the greater part of 20 years. So I never understood it. And to sit here and say that the Raiders didn't improve over the offseason would just be recency bias because Devontae Adams is better than anyone they had over the last three years, including Antonio Brown, because, you know, helmets don't fit his head. It's It's insane to me how they were able to take a terrible defense last year and a functional offense, upgrade the entirety of the offense, essentially. Granted, Waller's been out. Renfro has been banged up here and there. You have Devontae Adams. You paid him the most money wide receiver got before Tyreek Hill got uh, transferred over to uh, Miami. It's it's just really weird to me. The defense has always sucked out there. They added Chandler Jones, Bah Humbug. Secondary sucks. The play calling is terrible, and it's why they're blowing all of these leads. The defense isn't good, but you should be able to, with the talent you have, maintain leads, whether it be draining clock, possession plays with Devonta Adams, you have to figure it out because there's too much money invested in the offense and they're all in. They, they, they looked at the window, like kind of what the chargers did this off season, but they had the rookie scale contract for the quarterback. They invested in the defense. They brought in some more help on the offensive line. The Raiders said, Derek Carr's not getting any younger and we can get Devonta Adams. The Raiders, everyone pushed their chips in, in the AFC West. And two teams really had no business doing it. And we've seen it throughout the uh, portion of this season with your Las Vegas Raiders to whoever fans are listening at this point. And we'll get into Nathaniel and the guys that can't hack it later on. But it's <laughs> it's really it's really bad. It's really bad. The Las Vegas Raiders, eight out of their seven losses has been t- by a touchdown or less. They've lost four games when leading by 13 or more points. That ties an NFL record. Devontae Adams had 71 yards in the first half after cooking Jalen Ramsey and never saw a target again until he got picked off at the end of the game. Derek Carr's decision-making has never been incredible. That pick at the end of the half cost him three points. Kind of big here. Um, They threw the ball 20 times against the number five ranked rushing defense in the league. They were not running the ball efficiently. Josh Jacobs only had 3.7 yards a carry. He still ran the ball 27 times with what felt like was a broken hand. Josh McDaniels has no idea what the fuck he's doing, and he's not going to go anywhere because Mark Davis is too cheap to get rid of him. The the rate, I just I just don't understand anything what they're doing. They had this game. 
Jerry Tillery slaps the ball out of the dude's hand for 15 yards and stops the clock after a sack. He played press coverage with 15 seconds left. What, like, <laughs> what, what else does, has to happen? Like It's like when the Jets played cover zero against Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr dropped a dime to finish off the game two years ago. You don't just make stupid plays like that. It's really not that hard. There was no safety help against, I believe it was 2-2 Atwell, but it might have been Van Jefferson. I don't even remember anymore. It was Van. There was no safety help on press coverage. You're playing press coverage with 15 seconds left. They have no timeouts. Like, what? I what? It, huh? huh? Yeah, I, I just, I, I've learned the more and more I watch NFL, um, Devin and I were talking about this before we started. The, the play calling is huge in a team success. I don't care how good the team is talent wise. I was looking, just looking at some quick, some, yeah, exactly. Perfect example. So looking at some quick stats here, Derek Carr is a top 11 passer. So if, if your quarterback, you have a quarterback that's top 11 in passing running back is top two in rushing and a receiver that's top three in receiving yet you're five and what is it? Five and eight. So what that, that tells you right there that there's a problem. You have the guys that can make the plays, but the right plays aren't being called. I think that's the biggest issue. And Devin, Devin nailed, hit the nail on the head where you got a guy in their interim coach that everyone loved. I get that you're bringing in a new guy in Devontae Adams and you want to bring in this new playmaker, but Devontae Adams is good enough where you don't need this insane X and O's offensive coordinator it, it's been proven that McDaniels can't be a head coach. He's done it before and hasn't succeeded. So I, I just think this would have been a completely different season if they kept the interim coach and beefed up their defense a little bit better. Rams, I think, is a different story. Obviously, they're just totally injured. And, I mean, they're they're about as all-in as all-in gets. And they're going to be probably the worst team in the league for, like, once Stafford either – leaves or gets traded or something, they're probably going to be the worst team in the league for like the next three years. But hey, they won a Super Bowl, and I guess that's all that matters now. I mean, yeah, they did what they what they set out to do. Yep. So I don't I don't know what to think about the Raiders. Moving forward in fantasy, you're going to start Josh Jacobs. You're going to start Devontae Adams. But outside of that, Carlson, you, Daniel Carlson is, is – da- the Las Vegas Daniel Carlson's. I told you last year, man. He's team said. MVP. They, they didn't invest. They didn't invest enough in Daniel Carlson this offseason, and that's the biggest problem. <laughs> you see that they upgraded receiver, and they didn't. They didn't think to themselves, "How can we get Daniel Carlson in field goal range?" They just take <laughs> it every then, time. The Raiders play the Patriots next week. A top that's, ten rushing, uh, ten, top ten rushing defense. Steven season. So like. Can you even start Jacobs and Adams? I know you are. You have to. It's a start your studs time. But, like, we're going to see the same shit again, aren't we? Josh McDaniels is going to run the ball 30 times against the Patriots, isn't he? I wish for Josh Jacobs' sake. I just – Boy, Matt Matt Patricia versus Josh McDaniels is just a – Everyone loves to see that. This 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 game was a loser leaves town matchup, and both teams had their bags packed before the first snap was even made. <laughs> like, I don't think the Rams won this game. I think the Raiders just wanted to lose it. Um, I just, 
it, it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders bounce back. I don't think they're looking to win many more games this season. I think the higher their draft pick is, the more uh, sweaty Derek Carr's palms are going to get because they can save a lot of money off the cap if they were to cut him this offseason. And there are some very compelling players in this year's draft at quarterback that, that they could possibly look at if the pick's high enough. But the Raiders are at a crossroads, and I would not want to be them, point blank and period. The Rams, fuck them picks. Said it best, uh, whatever, Les Snead, whatever his name is. Fuck them picks, fuck them wins. Super Bowl champions. McVay will retire whenever Aaron Donald does. It'll be a tale as old as time. <laughs> Last question before we go. Cam Akers saw the most carries in the backfield. 12 carries, 42 yards, snuck in a touchdown there. He's going against a bottom five rushing defense next week. Are you starting him in the playoffs? Um, If Cam Akers is your best running back on your fantasy team and you made the playoffs, I don't know what to tell you. Um, right, yeah. Trust your, trust your gut because it obviously got you this far, and if Cam Akers is the one that you've had your team braced with, thank Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and pray it keeps rolling because <laughs> Cam Akers in your RB1 spot. Start Cam Akers in a flex if you're really injury-riddled, but there should be no reason why you don't have two backs in better situations than Cam Akers. Yep, I was going to say the same. If you're a playoff team and you have Cam Akers, he's likely already been on your bench or – in the flex at worst and you just have stud receivers. So that's what I would do. Yeah. Off to Buffalo H E L P help, help, help. I think that's what Mike White was saying after he got speared for the umpteenth time. This game was ugly. Grant the hell happened on Sunday. I think the Jets defense showed us how legit they are. And I think the Bills proved that they're not a team that can play in their own environment. And what I mean by that is the Bills are likely going to host a playoff game and it's going to be super cold in Buffalo, as we've seen in the past. And the Bills, the way they operate their offense is, you know, all completely through Josh Allen. We thought the Chiefs ran through Patrick Mahomes. Well, I think the bills have upped that through Josh Allen. He runs the ball for them. He obviously throws the ball all over the field, but that's what happens when it's, you know, 10 degrees or below freezing. And, you know, they are forced to run the ball. They're forced to hand it to Singletary or cook and rely on those guys that they haven't been using throughout the, the year or Josh Allen gets a, you know, bad hit and it stings a little bit. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this bills team goes forward this Jets team at this point, I've already considered this season a success. Um, quarterback uh, situation is very interesting. Mike White's proven that you know he's gonna go toe to toe with whoever he can, even if his talent level is not there. I think he's definitely won over the locker room, so that's that's a positive for them. And I mean, the the Jets have a really bright future. They just need to get the quarterback right. They've got the the skill players. Like I said, their defense is tops in the league. So I think we'll see the Jets in the playoffs in years to come. They might sneak in this year. Bills are still a Super Bowl contender, but I, I don't know. I, I think there's a cap to them. And if Josh Allen has a bad day, if the weather's rough, then could prevent them from scoring as much as they need to. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um it really sucks whenever you get a lot right, but you got the biggest thing wrong, and that's quarterback in this league. <laughs> there are plenty of teams that uh, find the answers to a lot of questions. Like, they they, they solve for X, but they were, they were constantly trying to solve for Y, i.e. the uh, Denver Broncos and their trade for uh, Russell Wilson, i.e. Uh, the Washington, Washington Commanders and their trade for Carson Wentz, the Colts for Matt Ryan. 
the most complicated equation in football today is finding the right quarterback. And situation matters a lot. Situation doesn't matter as much to me with this Zach Wilson guy. I didn't think he was who he was whenever he was drafted, albeit I'm not a pro NFL scout. But if you looked at the tape and looked at the schedule and looked at the competition, it was night and day, even compared to a guy like, like I think Trey Lance had a better argument at being a top three pick than Zach Wilson did, regardless of the competition he faced, just based on the athletic profile. But this story isn't about Zach Wilson. Mike White's playing his ass off and I'm going to give him the annual Taylor Heineke backups. Now going to be a starter award of the year because Mike White, New York loves him. Um, He's a great story. He's probably going to, be a thorn in somebody else's side after his deal with the Jets is through. Um, he's not going to be the perennial starter for a Jets team that's looking to win playoff games. This season for the Jets, as Grant said, is a win. They're over 500, and it's well past halfway through the season. I had them winning like five games this year, if not less. And their impact guys in the draft were legit impact guys. Brees Hall going down for me was the uh it was the it was it was their iceberg. Brees Hall going down destroyed whatever semblance they had at the playoffs. Granted, they're still holding on right now, but I don't think that's going to actually maintain. Um, as Grant said with Buffalo, I'm concerned. Uh, they were one of the best offenses in football last year, and I think Brian Dable is a huge part of that. You can see the effects of him in New York with Daniel Jones and that whole uh, Giants offense. The Bills look uninspiring. They do the same shit every week, expecting different results. And every time they play a good defense, the game is far closer than they would like it to be. Um, it would help if Gabe Davis would show up uh, every week Ooh. instead of every third or fourth week. Yeah, exactly. Gabe, Gabriel Davis, three for 31. Stephon Diggs, three for 37. Dawson Knox was the feature receiver in this game. And that can't happen because the featured runner is Josh Allen. And your signal caller is also Josh Allen. Remember um, when the remember when Buffalo trade for Nahi Hines? Wasn't that fun? Yeah, Pepperidge Farm remembers <laughs> one carry for three yards. It's tough. And the thing about Buffalo was the most compelling part to me about them was the defense. They added a guy in Von Miller who was the impact piece for a Super Bowl champion. Yes, Aaron Donald is what makes their defense go with Jalen Ramsey, but Von Miller was the catalyst. Bringing him in midseason transformed that Rams defense into a thing that was all league. Uh, for lack of better terms. Von Miller goes down with the ACL slash MCL. Tredavious White still hasn't touched the field. And this defense is held together by rubber bands and uh, broken tables at this point. The Bills aren't what we wanted them to be this season, and that is fine. But Allen got the big contract. Um, Von Miller is on a big contract. The money's getting tighter year by year. And they're going to have to get very creative about how they're going to uh, explore their offense and actually develop it moving forward because Devin Singletary is a free agent after this year. Um, James Cook has been good in stretches, but he's not what everybody wanted him to be coming out of Georgia. The Bills are at a crossroads. They uh, looked like they were going to be the perennial contender in the AFC East for the next decade. And now the waters are far murkier than I think we ever intended to see, especially in year two of their reign. So kudos to the Jets and Robert Sala for being a more than adequate NFL roster and team this year. And I'm not going to say look at Sean McDermott because he's the reason why the team is underperforming, but you'd have to definitely evaluate key positions and look at where money's money's being spent because they already have some maximum value guys. And with how this roster is going to age and what they're going to need moving forward, they're going to have to move some talent. 
if they want to eventually improve beyond what they are. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head um, for the Jets. They just play a better team in this situation, and they're still trying to figure out quarterback. Um, honestly, they're still trying to figure out running back, and they're going to be without Brees Hall for the rest of the year. Zonovan Knight and Michael Carter. Zonovan Knight playing 47% of the snaps, Michael Carter playing 50% of the snaps, but Zonovan Knight getting most of the touches here. 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown, two receptions for six yards. Michael Carter got five carries for five yards. He also brought in three catchers for 15 yards. So if you're desperate enough, then you need Zonovan Knight week to week. Zonovan Knight is probably the Jets running back moving forward. But please start a better running back if you can. Uh, Garrett Wilson, go for it. My thing with the Zonovan Knight shit, it's like I knew nothing about this guy before like two weeks ago, as did anyone else that's not a diehard Jets fan. Michael Carter's the better back. I, I, I don't know what everybody else is seeing. I We have a full year and change of Michael Carter being an effective like football player, even in the fantasy realm. Like He was an RB3 or flex for me through serious stretches of last season. Um, Zonovan Knight's cool. It's a great story. I don't know what New York is doing at running back. I think anything that's going to be happening from this point forward for their backfield is moot, and it doesn't matter. Um, this is the same team that traded for James Robinson for him to be a DNP for the last three weeks. It's like Anything that's not Brees Hall is officially smoke to me until Brees is back because the, the, this team is just it, – it, it's Garrett Wilson and then everybody else is just get what you can whenever you can. Garrett Wilson is the most startable guy on this offense in fantasy football. He is, he is mm-hmm. definitely that dude. Um, six catches for 78 yards on seven targets. Elijah Moore, six catches for 60 yards. Come on, Ooh. everybody. Too little, too late, my friend. We love you, Elijah, oh. but <laughs> the breakout wasn't supposed to happen in week 14. It was supposed to happen in week four. <laughs> if you're looking forward to the playoffs, the Jets play the Lions. Uh, we'll get to the Lions. It might not be such a, a good matchup like we thought it was. Lions are on fire. The Bills get the Dolphins. I thought it was going to be a shootout pending. Obviously, you're starting Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, all the rambunctious guys that you have as your stars. But there's a lot of snow incoming, so get your backups ready, kids, because we're going to the quarterfinals. Somebody who isn't going to the quarterfinals is Sean Watson. Everyone just shakes their head in disappointment. Um, he looked... He, to be somewhat down the middle, he looked much better. 26 for 42, 276, a touchdown and a pick. I mean, to set a bar really fucking low, he looked better than he did last week. Um, but outside of that, got 14 carries, 34 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones, eight catches for 114 yards. Is he that dude? Is Donovan Peoples-Jones that dude? Huh? Uh, no? Okay. <laughs> Joe Burrow had never beaten the Browns until today. 18 for 33, 239, two touchdowns, an interception. Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 96 yards. Samaj P. Ryan uh, sniping that touchdown. I felt like I was back in the Taysom Hill days here in a second. Uh, Jamar Chase, 10 catches for 119 yards. T. Higgins didn't play uh, for some reason. He was off the injury report and then didn't play. So that left a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of sour taste in people's mouths. And Tyler Boyd continues to show that uh, even if someone else is missing, he is also missing. Uh, no catches for no yards. So shout out to Tyler Boyd. Uh, Grant, without getting too heavily into the Shashan Watson saga, you know, I we all don't like him. It, it's, it's a bad taste in our mouth. But he is the starting quarterback for the Browns moving forward. How do you feel about Watson moving forward. How do you feel about how do you feel about the Browns? I mean, it's hard to talk about him without the situation. The reason he's not playing well is because he was out for what is it, eleven weeks? So he was out for uh seven hundred days. He hadn't played an actual down of NFL football in two. Okay, years. so yeah, even even worse. So yeah, a good example, actually, the team they played, Cincinnati, who I think is a favorite in the AFC now. Um, they really struggled out of the gates. Everyone was like, oh, last year was a fluke. Well, actually, Joe Burrow had an appendectomy and um, missed most of training camp and the preseason. And you saw even a guy who was with his team last year took him to the Super Bowl. You saw they just were not gelling well to start the season. Football is about adjustments. Football is about, you know, camaraderie, you know, getting in sync with your team. It's, it's part of the reason, I mean, Russell Wilson has his own problems. We'll get into that, but it's part of the reason why he's not team guys come on a new team and they struggle to start. You usually see them pick it up halfway through the season. Deshaun Watson hasn't had that. This was his second week with the team. He's been out of football, as Devin said, almost over two years. So it's, it's just like, at this point, it, it would be like taking a guy off the street or who hasn't played, you know, uh, a quarterback who didn't get drafted. He was, you know, just a free agent for two years. It'd be honestly comparable to taking like a guy like Johnny Manziel and just signing him and having him try to start. I mean, you're not going to expect him to do well either. So that's, I think, the Browns problem. But as I said, Bengals are in a really good spot right now. I think behind the the big boys and the chiefs and the bills, they're definitely a favorite for the super bowl. And Joe Burrow is that guy. He's, he's one of the best in the league and he's becoming very likable very quickly to a lot of people just because he says it, how it is. And he owns up to his mistakes and just, he's, he's a, he's a really good dude and seems like he's taking this Bengals team back to the playoffs for, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if between, the Bengals and, you know, Allen with the uh, Bills and Mahomes with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if we see those teams just rotate as the AFC champs for the next decade. Um, This game was more of what I expected from the Browns. Um, They weren't, they weren't a bad football team with Jacoby Brissett, but don't tell Kevin Stefanski. Um, They weren't a terrible team with Baker Mayfield. Don't tell that to the front office. Uh, The Deshaun Watson shit. Um, I'm not going to speak about his character as a person or what he does off the field. What he's done on the field is not worth $44 million guaranteed every year for the next five years. And yes, he has not played a down of professional football in two plus years. Not my problem. That's his. And it's his own fault for what happened off the field, regardless of what went down. Um, Deshaun Watson is a very talented player whenever he played in Houston. And while this Cleveland unit is actually very improved in terms of pass catchers over the last couple of years, Let's not act like Deshaun Watson's best years that he's had weren't supplanted by teams that featured a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think you have one of those in Cleveland right now. 
And like Grant said, football, unlike basketball, is akin to baseball and the fact that it is an ultimate team sport. What one player does is directly linked to the performance of the players around him. Deshaun can hit the dude in the hands, but he has to catch it. Deshaun can hand it off, but he has to actually safely get the ball handed off to him. I don't understand the Browns game plan here. I understand they played from behind for a majority of this game. They won time of possession. They weren't far off in total yards. They had five less first downs. Any game the Browns play that Nick Chubb doesn't have 22 carries is a loss, regardless of the score. Nick Chubb is the best player on this team, and he has been for the last three, four years. There's no reason to get cute now. The Browns win by controlling the play clock. And I find it funny that this is the first time Joe Burrow has beaten this Browns franchise because the Browns are the sorriest franchise in the NFL over the last 30 years. And that's saying a lot, Grant, because, you know, your team's had some bad years. And granted, my Chargers, in terms of special teams, worst team I've ever seen over the course (laughs) of my life. But Joe Burrow is that dude. As a Justin Herbert fan, I will give Joe Burrow his flowers. We can talk about Tua in a little bit. But Joe Burrow has done nothing but answer the call since he was drafted. He went down early his rookie year, which paved the way for Justin Herbert to secure rookie of the year. Some would say controversially over one Justin Jefferson, who we will also get into in the during the podcast. But one thing that the Bengals prove week in and week out is that good quarterbacks become great with elite talent. And Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are arguably the best one-two punch in all of football. Um for everyone that said they should draft Panay Sewell because, you know, Sewell and Burrow throws it to anybody. It's going to be better than Joe Burrow having anybody block him and he can't get it to Chase. He's been able to get him the He's ball. He's got Leo Collins. It's fine. The Bengals address the offensive line. The Bengals defense is still playing extremely well. Trey Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson isn't getting a sack every single week, but the defense is doing enough. And coming from somebody who thought the Bengals were a little fraudulent last uh, postseason and even throughout the offseason – this team is as good as you're going to see in the AFC North, and they could lead the AFC if the other teams are uh, not too careful. The thing holding them back is coaching. Um, I can't take them seriously as the favorites in the AFC because looking at Zach Taylor compared to Andy Reid is like Josh McDaniels compared to Bill Belichick. It's just <laughs> not in the same stratosphere. Um, while Zach Taylor is a step above your Josh McDaniels and Nathaniel Hackett, he's still a far cry from the true contenders in the AFC. But as we saw last year, Zach Taylor – his demons might not be big enough to fully drag this team down with him. So while I do believe in the talent on the Bengals, I don't believe in the upside fully because of the coaching staff around the players. I think with Taylor at the helm, they could definitely go deep into this playoff run and they could have winning seasons. But coaching does matter, especially in these big games. We saw it last year in the Super Bowl with Sean McVay versus Zach Taylor. And every single time you have that close matchup in the big game, coaching tends to win out and we saw it last year with the Niners versus the uh, Packers in the NFC divisional round coaching matters especially at the NFL level because you can have all the coordinators and all the players in the world but having the guy at the helm that can make the right call and you know kind of change the tide of the game it matters and so I expected the Bengals to win this game I'm happy they did Uh, the worse the Browns play the better I feel especially moving into next year whenever uh, Deshaun Watson's officially the $44 million man. But Cleveland, I don't know what you expected. You got what you wanted. Congratulations. Deshaun is yours, and he's the highest-paid quarterback ever. Fully guaranteed, mind you. So doesn't have to work this year, but if it doesn't early next year, the Browns are going to start burning down Cleveland sooner rather than later. We get a lot of Donovan Peoples-Jones questions every Sunday. 
The Browns play the Ravens next week. Maybe with Lamar. It may be with Tyler Huntley. It may be with Anthony Brown. Do any of you feel confident starting Browns not named Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb next week? At this point, you have to start Donovan Peoples-Jones unless you have a uh, top 15 option at both your starting receiver spots. In most of my leagues, I'm either in like 10 or 12 team leagues or like even smaller leagues at certain points. If you have like a Godwin and Jalen Waddle, it's really hard to bench them in favor of Donovan Peoples-Jones. But if you're looking at rosters where you have your wide receiver one set in stone, but then you're sifting through these like George Pickens or a Cortland Sutton and stuff like that, I think Peoples-Jones is incredibly compelling. Um, his target floor has been there for the last couple of weeks, and he's been over 70 yards for the last, like, feels like 10 weeks. So in regards to floor, Peoples-Jones feels safer than a lot of options, That, as long as you're not having to debate him over, like, a Tyler Lockett or any top 15 wide receiver. He's a good pivot. Yeah, I, I mean, the way I do fantasy is I either – load up on running back or I load up on receiver. It just seems to happen every year. So if you're, you know, loaded at receiver, then you're not going to start people's Jones. But like Devin said, if, if you're, you know, struggling between him and a couple guys, I would, I would pick him over the other fringe starters. For, for sake, Baltimore is 26th in the league when it comes to giving up points to wide receivers. So they are definitely one of the worst so a good matchup there. Bengals play the Bucks, and when we get to the Bucks, boy, play Mixon, play Burrow, play Jamar Chase, play T. Higgins if he's healthy. Don't play Tyler Boyd. Start your studs. Do not play Tyler Boyd. Do not ask us Tyler Boyd questions. Tyler Boyd, no. Fantasy okay. football playoffs are not a beauty pageant. It is not the time to get cute. I repeat, it is not the time to get cute. Fantasy football is a skill game where the better player always wins. Start the guys who score the most points. Now, they say the Lord sends his toughest battles to his toughest warriors, but the Lord didn't tell me it was going to be in the form of the Houston Texans. (sighs) I sit here Sunday mornings and watch Red Zone with my friends. I don't really watch the Cowboys games. I watch the highlights and when they jump into them, but most of the time we've been winning and it hasn't been particularly close and they get primetime games and I watch them in primetime. I had to turn this game on solely off of red zone because we could not keep up with the Houston Texans. I don't know what happened. Okay. I, we muffed a punt. It turned into seven points for the Texans. Dak threw a pick. It turned into seven more points. And it was kind of just looking a little weird. We ran all over them in the first drive. Not too sure what happened after that. Um, but boy, if the Texans weren't 1-11-1, make a wish, um, we would be sitting at 9-4 and four right now. Why? Because we were down by three with... Four minutes left on our own two. And Dak Prescott throws a pick. Houston, in their almighty, insanely great play calling, can't get there in three downs, doesn't kick the field goal, and gets stopped on fourth down, and we get the ball back. Drive down, get a touchdown. They don't score. The game's over. We talked about 
it with my friends at the time that when you're one ten and one, your decisions are pretty fucking irrelevant. So going forward on fourth down is really whatever in that situation. Granted, if they kick the field goal hindsight 2020, they were in field goal range, I think, of Kaimi Fairbairn to maybe win the game. But it's Lovey Smith. They're one ten and one. Anything they do really doesn't matter. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys have distinct problems that make me terrified when we go to Tampa Bay or Atlanta or New Orleans or Carolina, wherever the fuck we go in in the wild card round, whoever wins that division at this point. Uh, we have distinct problems. Dak Prescott doesn't show up until the very end lately. That can't happen. Uh, Micah Parsons got stuffed all day long. That can't happen. Um, we have a distinct problem giving up big plays from people not named Trayvon Diggs. That's a problem. The Cowboys have significant problems, and they I really don't know what we're going to do about it at this point. The defense, like, absolutely annihilated Matt Ryan, but who hasn't? Uh, this year so there's that but then we struggled against Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills and Chris Bull put up 100 yards on us these things can't happen we are a significantly better football team than just about everybody in the AFC South right now and we put up that kind of game and I'm not even going to say we have the ability to win ugly games thank god we have the ability to beat a 110 and 1 team I sure fucking hope we do but it's a game like this where now I'm kind of like concerned and I don't really need to do. And now we have to play Jacksonville next week. Who's tearing up everybody. And we give up big plays on the regular Christian Kirk might tear us apart. Either one of you can go in on Dallas. Feel free. The floor is yours, Grant. Um... I, uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to listen to you complain about a team that's 10 and three, especially being, being a Lions fan who's would dream of that situation. Um, I get, I get the concerns. There's obviously holes and should they be 10 and three? Probably not. They should have lost that game. But the, the thing is though, they were playing a team that literally has nothing to lose. So they're going to pull out all the stops. And I think it was just one of those situations where the Cowboys didn't fully show up. They were expecting it to be a lot easier game. And the Texans just played their best ball and their best ball was still not enough, which is why their record is the way it is. I, I think they have a pretty filthy one-two punch in um, Zeke and Pollard. Pollard's proven to be, um, I think, honestly, a top 10 back in the league. And then they got Zeke who can pound it in you know, from third and goal. Uh, I think Dak's going to be fine. He's played really well in big game situations um, in the past. So, I mean, I think he'll be fine, and they've got enough receivers um, to help him out. The defense is shaky. Uh, they they have really good games and really bad games, so it depends on what you know version of that defense is going to show up. But you you pointed it out; they're going to play the um, NFC South winner most likely, and I don't think they're going to have an issue winning that game. So it it comes into you know the the games after that and who they end up getting based on. The situation um but i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if this team made it to the super bowl i also wouldn't be surprised if they you know won one and then got kicked out so it it's it's honestly seems like a typical cowboys team where they have all the potential in the world it's just are they going to shoot themselves in the foot or not no no offense to austin i no i mean you're right it, it's it and you're right it, i'm 10 and 3 i 
in this in this room, my team is currently the best regular season team. But that's all I ever know is yeah. being the one of the better regular season teams, and that is it, it, it's obviously frustrating. And I'm terrified to go play Tom Brady. No, it's Tom Brady's it, never lost. A, no, go for it. It's totally valid. I get it. Like winning regular season games and having a great regular season record is all fine and dandy until they can't, you know, make it in the playoffs. I totally get that. And like you said, the, the bucks may win that division with, you know, a, you know, seven and 10 record or whatever, but it's Tom Brady and you don't want to face Tom Brady, especially in Tampa. You, you never know what could happen there. So I guess in, in your scenario, you, you hope for, you know, the Eagles to self-destruct and, you know, you guys, you know, beat them in two weeks and then somehow you win the division or, <laughs> yeah, seriously. or, you know, somehow the Panthers find a way to win that division. And then you guys are facing, facing, you know, a, a much better situation. So, yeah, it's like, it's like we face Sam Darnold. I'm down. We face Andy Dalton. I'm down. We face Desmond Ritter. I'm down. But like Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys, and like Tom, we'll get to Tom pretty soon. And like he's playing behind the worst line he's ever played, and like that could be to our advantage. But like at the same time, you, you can't count out Tom Brady in anything. Like right, Devin? Can never count out Tom. Um, so for me, this uh, whenever Grant was talking about the Cowboys biggest thing that pops into my head is the Dallas Cowboys are the MLB equivalent of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. You guys are extremely talented and you guys always make the dance, but uh, you guy, you kind of lose your partner halfway through. It's really weird um, for having an owner that has the pockets that are bigger than anybody else. He talks a lot and doesn't walk a lot. Jerry Jones, for lack of better terms, is one of the worst owners in the NFL currently. Um, he banked, the earliest years of his uh, ownership into a lot of Super Bowl championships. And what has he done since then? Um, Austin, I know you've been a lifelong Cowboys fan. I'm sure you could voice all your frustrations with Jerry Jones throughout the years. It's always about him and not about the team. Um, his ego almost cost you guys Dak Prescott in a really big way. Um, well, and that's the biggest... thing. Like he's been, he's been a really good drafter throughout his like career. Like he set up Tony Romo for success behind an insanely good line. And he had Des Bryant. He had Terrell Owens. Like we had, we had, but then the defense like couldn't keep Tony in the game. Tony put up 28. The defense gave up 32. Like it was always something. And now it's just like this fat fucking ego. And that's the biggest thing about Jerry Jones's ego is you don't have good coaching. Mike McCarthy is not a Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, he ran Jerry Jones out of town. Not Jerry. Jerry Jones ran uh, Jimmy Johnson out of town. Jimmy Johnson is the best coach yep. you have had in the last 30 years. And your second best coach of the last 30 years was Jason Garrett. And I know it's hard to believe, but based upon winning percentage, the clapper, he he gave you results, just not in the way that Jerry wanted it. Eight eight. So regardless of how good your team is, it is incredibly limited based upon the ownership group that presides over the team because head coaches have no safety. It's crazy that Mike McCarthy is still the coach at this point because of how – consistently consistent they've been the upside with the Cowboys isn't baked in because of the lack of just inventive coaching I would rather have Kellen Moore as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys because then Kellen could have the freedom to actually you know call games in ways that would be beneficial to a Dak Prescott because you saw earlier in the year you guys unlocked something with Cooper Rush you ran the offense in an incredibly efficient way that Dak Prescott can totally do 
but he doesn't do it whenever Dak's in there. And the one saving grace for you guys in this matchup is, yes, Grant kind of gave it the kamikaze treatment with the, the Texans. They have nothing to lose. They are playing for the love of the game at this point and for their fucking jobs, for lack of better terms. Um, and to uh, give credit to the, the uh, secondary out in Dallas, off the top of your head, can you name me the top three receivers for the uh, Houston Texans this week? Uh, I know it was Chris Moore was the number one. Um who, who are number that, two no. and who are number three? So the no, leading receivers for the Houston Texans were Chris Moore, Amari Rogers, and Philip Dorsett. Chris Moore actually had a fourth ah. of his season-long reception total in this game with 10 of those. It is hard to prepare or game plan for a team when you don't know who the fuck you're going against. Because if you would have told me who Chris Moore was before the game started, I would have looked like you were an idiot. I didn't know Amari Rogers was on the roster, and I thought Philip Dorsett retired two years ago. Give the Cowboys some credit. It's hard to game plan against a team that has nothing to lose. Granted, Davis Mills has been out for a couple of weeks. The only player they had to really worry about was Damian Pierce. And whenever you have to key in on one guy, stuff's going to leak out in other places. It was a close game. You guys are 10-3. and three. Take it from a Chargers fan. 10-3 and three is a lot better than 7-6. and six. And the Cowboys keep rolling. Your guys' demons are going to be Tom and Jalen Hurts. If you can yep. exercise the Eagles, you'll feel a lot more confident going into the playoffs. The Houston Texans take on the Kansas City Chiefs next week. Um, you could probably start Pierce. Casey's rush defense isn't outstanding, but outside of that, nobody's startable on that defense. The Dallas Cowboys play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, if you could find a better defense, I would do it. But start Pollard, Zeke, CD, Christian Kirk. Every, every offensive player in that game, I think it's going to be an absolute war. Um, I think it's in Jacksonville, to be honest with you. But the way the Jaguars are playing right now, we'll get to them. Uh, they're insane. And I think that's a, a pending shootout waiting to happen. Speaking of shootouts, five of the last six. And just a couple plays away from closing out the Bills on Thanksgiving. And it could be six straight. But Grant, you have to be feeling good. Yeah, um, it's funny. As a Lions fan, you're extremely cautiously optimistic because they always find a way to let you down. Um, but I don't know. I, I got to tip my hat to Dan Campbell and the coaching staff. Um, he is truly motivated this locker room. Everyone saw it on Hard Knocks that the guys just – they just love him. And it's hard to – it's hard it's, – it's easy to see why. I mean, he's, he's a great guy, and I, I – really appreciated the fact that he just, you know, middle of that losing streak, just took the DBs coach and said, I'm sorry, it's not working out and kind of reshaped the defense. And ever since, um, I think we, um, I think we like lead the league in like rookies with sacks and like a lot of defensive categories that we've never really succeeded at. The Lions have always been known for Matthew Stafford, even before that with John Kitna, we had insane offenses. We were scoring 30, 40 points a game, but also giving up 30, 40 points a game. So to actually see them hold teams to field goals instead of touchdowns and, you know, forcing teams to punt, even teams as good as the Bills on Thanksgiving, it's really refreshing. Jared Goff is making um, that trade look stupid right now in our favor because we got all those draft picks <laughs> plus a quarterback that's playing out of his mind, arguably the best season he's had, and he's taken a team to the Super Bowl. So, I'm not going to go on and say we're making a Super Bowl run because we we still need to pretty much win out and hope for teams in front of us to lose to have a chance. But 
at least there's a light at the end of the tunnel and there is a chance for us to make the playoffs, which would be totally unexpected given the fact that we were one in six at one point. Um, rookie receiver Jamison Williams makes that, um, you know, nice play first catch of the season. I don't think we're going to expect a huge amount from him. He's still, you know, coming back from his injury, but it's good to see him get in the mix. We have a lot of good talent um, on our offense. Jamal Williams has been playing out of his mind considering DeAndre Swift is clearly not healthy still and we're still winning games is really encouraging. I think they just need to use him as much as they can and just let him rest a little bit too though so that you know when it comes to the playoffs we can utilize him in the passing game and things like that. Um, without getting too long-winded, Amon Ross St. Brown is a stud, extremely underrated receiver. Um, Praise be to the sun god. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really excited looking at the rest of the, the schedule, too. We have winnable games. Uh, that Vikings game was, I think, the toughest we had um, remaining. We've got we've got the Jets um, next week, which could be tough because they have a really good defense, but they were talking about their quarterback issues. So I think we won't have an issue outscoring them. Then we, we got Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Um, always finish with the Packers. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers could show up and, you know, ruin our season because that's usually what he does. But hopefully at that point it won't mean anything. And a loss, you know, we'd still get in the playoffs. So next three weeks are going to tell us everything we need to know about this team. And um, I don't know, future's bright in Detroit. Let's hope the Rams keep losing so we can get a top five pick along with, you know, a playoff team. That'd be great. When you heard Grant talk about DeAndre Swift being healthy, if you listened real closely, you could hear Devin's heart break just a little bit. Um, it doesn't take a lot of tape to uh, realize how good DeAndre Swift is whenever his body is right. Um, the Jamal Williams touchdown uh, sweepstakes has been really interesting to watch throughout the year. It's like you get a touchdown and you get it's like a, it's like the Oprah Winfrey show. But uh, the only person with a seat in the house is Jamal Williams. <laughs> whenever it comes to rushing touchdowns, um, this Lions team is everything they should have been this year. Defensively, they're still kind of a crapshoot. Uh, the resurgence of Jeff Okuda has been a plus for them in the secondary. Aiden Hutchinson has actually lived up to being the second overall pick in this year's draft, having a very respectable uh, rookie season. The Lions' offensive line is still as true as ever. And Jared Goff, whenever he is protected, is still like a top 15 quarterback with upside. If you build it, they will come. And that is points with this Detroit Lions offense. Um, the Vikings drop a game. It's not like they couldn't afford to do this. Green Bay's on their heels, I guess, in this division. Minnesota had a good game. Uh, Detroit just had a better one. Um, Cousins went off for 425 and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson had the quietest 200-plus yard receiving game ever. That could have been <laughs> even bigger. He had a play that got called back for a touchdown. Uh, Thielen had a pretty good day. But Detroit, the rich get richer in Detroit. Um, they had a vision. They brought in a guy in Dan Campbell that not everybody was uh, all for in the beginning. He wasn't everybody's first choice to be the head coach of this Detroit football team. But if the players believe in you, it's a lot easier to coach. And I don't think there's a single soul in that locker room that doesn't believe in Dan Campbell. Um, this front office has been extremely smart in who they're bringing into this team. The signing of Jamal Williams is one of the best we've seen in football at the running back position over the last couple of years. Um, DeAndre Swift is an impact guy whenever he's right. And 
the uh, acquisition of Amon Ross St. Brown last year was literally gangbusters. That guy is one of the best receivers in football whenever he's right. And you pair that with a guy in Josh Reynolds who already had chemistry with Jared Goff out in Los Angeles whenever they played together. They added DJ Chark as an upside signing in the offseason, and we saw this week that it paid off. You have a lot of talent on the perimeter, and whenever NFL defenses are stretched thinner and thinner due to the rule changes, this team is set up for success not only now but in the future. The Rams pick is only getting better by the week, and Jared Goff's contract is only getting better with each passing offseason. Because, yes, the Rams did overpay for him, but in the grand scheme of how this whole league works, the TV deals get bigger and the players' contracts keep going up. Like we said in the offseason with wide receiver, rent is due and the price just went up. Whenever Mike Williams signed right before Christian Kirk, I was like, this deal might seem like a lot right now, but 48 hours later, it felt a lot smaller. So Detroit is in the driver's seat for once in terms of their overall destiny. They don't have to make the playoffs this year, but if they do, Amazing for them. It's They're playing with house money. We said that the uh, Texans had nothing to lose because, you know, they're 1-11. Even at 6-7, and seven, the Detroit Lions have nothing to lose. Unlike the um, New York Jets that we mentioned earlier, they have their quarterback for now and arguably at least the next three, four years. And if that pick goes high enough, they can address whatever they want to address. But this is a defense that is going to improve in the offseason with some very good draft picks. And the offense is about as plug-and-play as I think any of them are going to be the next couple of years. Because you have Swift, who was a top talent at running back whenever he's good. Jamal Williams is arguably the best backup back in all of the league whenever he's right. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is a wide receiver one. And Jamison Williams is one of my favorite rookies coming out of the draft this year, even with the knee injury at Alabama. Williams is electric. And if he's going to have his body right, especially come next year, I don't know many other tandems I'm going to take moving forward, especially in a five-year window. All the contracts are rookie scale right now, and they have room to they, they have room to grow. It is a beautiful thing to see in Detroit for the first time in a long first time since like young Stafford and Calvin's prime. Oh, can I yeah. can I say two <laughs> quick things? Mm-hmm. Go. Um, we are a few bad play calls away from being undefeated in our division. I know we don't have a better record than Minnesota, but that says something. And um, Hawkinson, who? Okay, go ahead. Never, never yeah. heard of him in my entire life. I mean, you look at the uh, Grant hit on the head with the DBs coach. You look at the beginning of the season. You go in a shootout with Philly. You go in a shootout with uh, Seattle, and you lose both those games. And it's kind of been different ever since. He got blown out by Dallas and New England, but after that, it was fixer up and let's fucking go, boys. The Dan Campbell special. Um, you guys hit it all on the head. Amon, Mar- Amon Ross St. Brown has become one of your studs. You probably drafted them at a really good spot in fantasy this year. Um, that dude's startable every single week. He is absolutely nuts out of his mind. He is a great wide receiver. He is that damn good. Um, for all my Kyler Murray owners, if Jared Goff is there, he might be one of your guys that you need going forward. Kyler Murray's probably done for the year after tonight. Um, so be on the lookout for that. They do get the Jets next week, but this Lions offense is making me believe that not a whole lot can stop them right now. They are playing some damn good football. Um, the Vikings get the Colts next week. Absolute smash. Play everybody you have for the Vikings. Cousins, you're playing Jefferson every week. Cook, the Colts are terrible. The, the Vikings should absolutely smash the Colts in every single way possible. You could even play the Vikings defense almost if Matt Ryan is starting, even if Sam Ellinger is starting. It is just that easy. Okay. Devin, 
Tell me about Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's Trevor Lawrence is him. Trevor Lawrence is that dude. Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect we've seen since Andrew Luck. He's he, he's that guy. Um, I know he was a rookie last year, but this is effectively his rookie season. We have never seen a quarterback come into a worse situation in terms of overall franchise or head coach. I think ever. Urban Meyer would have been better coaching a peewee football league at your local that's sponsored by your local Applebee's for lack of better terms. Um, the Jaguar season last year was considered a lost tape. I don't think the footage will ever be shown in Lawrence's uh, career tape. It was ugly. Um, he had no weapons. He had no direction. He had no coaching. Doug Peterson is his guardian angel. And this is kind of Trevor Lawrence's welcome to the NFL moment. He's been playing a lot of really good football so far this year. But this felt like this was essentially a must-win game for Jacksonville if their playoff hopes were to have any validity. Tennessee, for all of their faults, has been the pacer of this division over the last five years. Um, since Andrew Luck called it quits, Tennessee said, okay, we'll carry the torch. And um, Trevor said, hey, man, let me hold it this week. Uh, 368 yards, three touchdowns, incredible pocket presence. And he did, he did, he did all this without Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne making a super big impact in the game. It took Evan Ingram having the best game of his entire career, but Trevor Lawrence showed up in a huge way. And even so, Ryan Tannehill played well. Derrick Henry still feasted. This wasn't a, a game where the Tennessee Titans lost it. The Jaguars just flat out came out and won it. So for everything I've said about this team, I thought – the Jaguars are going to be the thorn in everyone's side, especially in the AFC. If Lawrence is going to play like this moving forward, I wouldn't want to see them rest of season because I think Lawrence is taking a step. And I think it's something that we're not going to see him regress from, especially till the uh, start of next year, even through the end of this year. I think it's nothing but upward for Jacksonville moving forward. Pretty, pretty, pretty simple as that. Uh, the Titans, good Lord, are they getting shredded through the air? Um, but like he said, he's doing it without Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne didn't have any catches. He had 17 carries for 32 yards. I do not know what's going on with Travis Etienne right now, but Evan Ingram made me look real stupid on Sunday. Let me tell you, boy, tight end one Evan Ingram, 11 catches, 162 yards, and two touchdowns. Good Lord almighty. Um but really, we all know the tight end one is Dan Arnold with one catch for five yards. So really, he'll be he'll break out next week. He'll be just fine. Um, this, this Jack's offense is on fire, man. Seven in the first, 13 in the second, 13 in the third. Led up and only gave up three in the fourth. Or only put up three in the fourth. But 368 and three from Trevor Lawrence. 30 for 42. Not even a terrible completion percentage. This dude just went off. Uh, and their defense isn't playing terrible. Derrick Henry... Still ate him up a little bit with 121 and a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, 254, two touchdowns, but he did throw a pick. Their leading receiver was Austin Hooper. That's, that's all I really got to tell you. Do you think this team is missing A.J. Brown? Do you, do you think the team that fired their GM after getting lit up by A.J. Brown is a, a little in trouble and a little lucky that the rest of their division is god-awful? Just saying. How do you feel, Grant? I mean, you can only Derrick Henry can only do so much. I, I he's 
one of the best, if not the best running backs, just because, you know, the ball is going to him, you know, at least 15 times a game and he's not even a receiving back. So, you know, it's going right up the middle and I, I just don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why they just let AJ Brown go and they don't have, they, they, they thought that, you know, a middling quarterback in Tannehill would be able to figure it out with Robert Woods, like, all due respect to Robert Woods, but it's just like they don't have a star receiver to complement a average quarterback. So everything's going to go to Derrick Henry, and now we're seeing when defenses figure that out or when they're playing high-powered offenses like Jacksonville, they just can't keep up. So, yeah, they're fortunate they're playing in a poor division. They're still going to make the playoffs. I think Vrabel is actually a really great coach. He's just limited with what he has. Um Devin's right, Jacksonville, the sky's the limit. They're playing with nothing to lose, too. I think they have their future quarterback. They got their future running back in ETN. He's just struggling right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Jags are are for real, and I think this division might be theirs um, in the future. So it's an exciting team. Kind of reminds me of the Lions because they have a lot of young talent. Um, their defense is spotty as well, but they've got a – coach who's been there done that and so i think he can help them right the ship yeah i felt like doug peterson was a really underrated hiring for this season and i mean sure. anything was better than urban meyer me and Devin were better than urban meyer for crying out loud um but that'll be interesting to see going forward they are now five and eight they honestly for sitting here next week talking about they beat dallas wouldn't surprise me in the slightest they're just on a hot streak right now and they're playing some good football uh we'll uh, see how their line holds up Another point about Tennessee is Mike Vrabel does not get his flowers nearly enough. This is a man that took a depleted and injury-riddled roster last year to the one seed in the AFC. That wasn't uh, the, that that wasn't due in part to the fact of the GM. That was the coaching staff. Vrabel has assembled a elite group of uh, an elite team around himself and just on that uh, coaching cabinet because. What we're seeing this year out of Tennessee is a team that is honestly eerily constructed similarly to the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, middle of the road quarterback, a little above average at their best. All league running back and, in, well, now Devontae Adams. So you see the Raiders and the Titans are similarly uh, suited and the Titans now don't have that star wide receiver, but the uh, outcomes are drastically different. Um, they both have pretty bottom of the barrel passing defenses. Uh, the Titans are actually pretty good against the run, but in terms of secondary help, the Titan secondary has been terrible this year. And so I don't know what the next step for Tennessee is going to be. I think they could win the division this year, obviously, but moving forward, I'm not sure what their ceiling is going to be because Indianapolis hopefully can get a quarterback right within the next two, three years. And Jacksonville already got that part of the equation right. And Houston's about to be knocking on the door of having their franchise guide next year. So Tennessee has to figure something out because defending the pass is not getting any easier for their team moving forward. And yeah, Derrick Henry already has so many miles on his body. You and I have talked about it at length, Austin. There's only so many attempts a running back can have before the wheels start to fall off. And Derrick Henry's reaching totals that are unprecedented for his career. Currently he's at almost 1700 carries. And then you uh, quantify that with all of his, uh, receptions as well let's just try and find his touch count i mean hell 17 in on sunday's game is relatively low for him too yeah 
I mean, so, luckily for the Titans, he was just incredibly efficient. Luckily for the Titans, Derrick Henry's a superhuman, but Mother <laughs> Nature calls for everybody, and physics apply to everyone's bodies. Gravity's real, and whenever you're whenever you're teetering over eight seventeen hundred carries, and he's in year one, two, three, four, five, six, going into year eight, he's at almost two thousand carries. I'm not saying he's going to fall off a cliff, but at some point, he's going to jump the shark. And if Tennessee yep. is not prepared, it's going to hit them like a freight train, like Derek's been doing to this division for the last seven years. It's just, it, it, it's a glass castle or a house of cards, for lack of better terms. Is, is there a scenario where the Jaguars could sneak in and win that division? Do you guys? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, I got to look at the uh, Titan schedule, but I, I know I was trying to look at who they both have left, and they're right now they're. Two games back, so with four weeks yep. to go, so it's definitely a possibility. And they still well, think... have a head-to-head matchup in eighteen. Um, Titans play the Chargers, and we'll get to, we'll get to the Chargers, obviously, but they looked a lot better. Titans get the Texans, so that's pretty much a, a free win for the Titans for the most part because Derrick Henry just wins that team. They can go one and three the next four and feasibly lose the division. Whatever yeah. team wins out is well. Jacksonville is going to have to win out and Tennessee yeah. is going to have to lose to the Chargers and the Cowboys, which I think is totally within Feasible. the cards of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's fairly realistic. And then if the Titans lose the division, it's, it's a long road after that because yep. right now you're kind of just riding on the coattails of your division sucking and Mike Brabel being one of the best head coaches in the game at working with practically nothing. So Is Jalen Hurts your guys' MVP now, or is it still Patrick Mahomes? I, I it's, get, it's getting close. I think Three picks Mahomes, for Mahomes is tough. Mahomes is getting the trout treatment, in my opinion. True. That is true. And Jalen Hurts is Obviously been criticized for his arm, but good Lord, what this man is doing in my division makes me sick, but God, it makes it so fun to watch. Get 217 yards, two touchdowns, seven carries for 77 yards and another touchdown, 21 for 31. It just, he doesn't just have to do a whole lot. The Giants are really showing how depleted they are on defense at this point. Um, their leading rusher was Tyrod Taylor. Um, let's take that for what, whatever you want to take it as um, historically for the past couple of years, Philly has struggled against the giants. They've beaten them, but it's been really ugly at times. And even the giants at their worst have beaten Philly, but Philly has woken up. They woke up against Tennessee and they absolutely slaughtered them. They went out and slaughtered the giants. They, they get the bears next week. They might slaughter them. And honestly, they might slaughter us. We'll see what happens on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. But this Eagles team is practically unstoppable. I thought maybe they could drop a game and that Christmas Eve game would matter. But boy, the only loss I could see on their schedule is us. And even then, the way they're playing right now, the way we're playing right now is two completely different directions because they should slaughter the Saints and then they should just beat the Giants again. It This team is absolutely unfreaking believable right now. Man, this this Giants <laughs> this Giants team was really good to start the year, and I think they're going to be pretty good moving forward. Daniel Jones doesn't have to be the answer for them with how talented uh, Brian DeBolt is as a head coach. 
Um, this team could be a lot worse going into next year just based upon the contract situations of the players they could have leave. I think Barkley gets franchise tagged, and I think they probably ink Daniel Jones to a lower money two, three-year deal and say, hey, be our quarterback, make some money, and play for a top media market. The defense is true. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau has been extremely good. The offensive line has been extremely banged up. And if this team could be healthy, I think they would have an actual like claim to a playoff spot. But injuries be damned. Um, injuries aside, this Eagles team is top to bottom, probably the best roster in the NFL. Whether you look at secondary, front seven, uh, rushing attack, receivers. Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown is a great receiver tandem. And like you said earlier in regards to this MVP race, Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and I don't think it's close. I think Mahomes clears everybody by a considerable margin in terms of playing quarterback. If the Eagles went out, Jalen Hurts is the MVP. Um, Mahomes has been better as a pure passer, point blank and period. He's thrown more picks, but he has way more attempts. He's already at 4,100 yards. If Hurts can eclipse 4,000 yards this season and he can keep the interception number down, because if he finishes with like 35 touchdowns, three picks – on top of 10 to 15 rushing touchdowns, it's really hard to take it away from him. Um, and in the same vein, Mahomes could go. He, he could because he, we have four weeks left. So he could go 14 and three Mahomes and he could finish with 5,000 yards, close to 50 touchdowns. If they both went out, I think if Mahomes hits 5,000 and goes over 45 touchdowns, it's hard to not give him the award. But if there was anybody else to even think about giving it to, it's it's Jalen Hurts and Mahomes and everybody else's moot. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts has been the best quarterback in his division, and he makes a lot less than some of the other guys in his division. I'm looking at you, Carson Wentz. Um, oh, thank God. and Dak Prescott, count your days. But nah, Jalen shit. Hurts has been incredibly <laughs> impressive this season. The guy that everybody said couldn't pass has a 68% completion percentage. Um, like we said earlier, if you build it, they will come. This uh, front office has surrounded him with the most talent he's ever seen since his days at Alabama. Uh, he's doing what we thought he should do with this team. Um, Nick Sirianni is in the same vein. If Mahomes wins MVP, Sirianni is going to be a lock for coach of the year. I think Sirianni's probably coach of the year regardless of what happens, especially if they win out. But Jalen Hurts has been the best player in his division. And I think he's been the most dynamic quarterback in football, aside from maybe a Justin Fields and Spurts. But what Hurts has done this season, I commend him for it. And if he doesn't find himself with an MVP, he may be looking at an offensive player of the year, especially if those passing stats can get north of 4,000 and his rushing stats are nearing 1,000 as well. Yeah, I. it's really tough because what Jalen Hurts brings to his team is comparable to what Mahomes brings to his Mm -hmm. I, I mean, Hertz can do it with his legs more than Mahomes. So you add that in Mahomes' interception numbers to me are always going to be higher than the other guys at the top of the league. Cause he, he has the confidence in himself to like force the issue almost to a fault. He's going to try to make those throws that other guys wouldn't. Um, I don't know. I think, I think Hertz is, gonna probably win it just because like I said the trout effect they don't want to give it to Mahomes every other year um Austin I've been there uh back-to-back -back MVPs with Rodgers in you know in your division it's really tough to watch a guy light it up in your division so but Eagles are legit uh I 
I don't know. I don't see them winning at all, though. I, I just think they're still too inexperienced when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, her second year for Hertz, he's had one playoff game. Um, so I, I could see them, you know, tripping up and making some mistakes. Uh, they're really talented. They're going to be here for a while. So um, NFC East is going to be good for a while, too. Cowboys aren't going anywhere. Giants are going to get better, too, um, on the other side of it. Um, I, I think we can s- safely say, uh, knock on wood, that Saquon's back. And if he you know, stays healthy, he's going to be a top five back in the league. And uh, <laughs> they just need some receivers. Their, their new coach is the real deal. He you know, has brought a new culture over to that team. I think the Giants are comparable to the other New York team and the Jets that this year has already been written as a success. Even if they don't make the playoffs, no one was expecting them to win as many games as they have already at this point. So even if they finish 500, I think that's a great finish for them. And I think Daniel Jones is um, not not as good as a Jimmy G, but a similar like just game manager where he can do what he needs to do to get the game, you know, in his favor. Uh, defense is you know trending upward. So like I said, if you can just get some receivers for Daniel Jones, so it's not just Daniel Jones and Saquon running around back there, they'll, they'll have a future, but that division is, is locked and loaded for, you know, five, 10 years down the line. Yeah. I think you said it best. Uh, They're going to be a problem in this division moving forward. Um, But they're a wild card next year because um, you can't win NFC East titles back to back. So I'll (laughs) die on that Hill. It's as simple as that. It's the reason why we're not going to win this year. Uh, the fo- the fancy football or fancy football gods. Fancy football gods are cruel. Let me tell you that. Uh, the football gods are a different set of gods that are also cruel, and they will stop at nothing to make sure you don't win the NFC East back to back. Last year they killed Ryan Fitzpatrick. This year they hurt Dak Prescott. It's just it's as easy as that. It's re- they stop at nothing. I hate I hated this game. I, I hate it so much. Um, uh, Kenny Pickett went down. Tyler Huntley went down. It was Anthony Brown versus Mitchell Trubisky. And if you had ever heard of Anthony Brown before that, you probably have um, because there's a lot of people probably named Anthony Brown. (laughs) But this specific Anthony Brown, you may have never heard of him. Um, Don't know where he's from. Don't know who he is. But let me tell you what he did. He came in for Tyler Huntley and he, I haven't even pulled up the stats and I don't even know where they are. So there you go. Anthony Brown, three for five for 16 yards. He even got three carries for negative five yards. So he came in and absolutely killed it. Let me tell you, Tyler Huntley, eight for 12, 88 yards. Uh, It was was the J.K. Dobbins show, 15 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. This backfield continues to make no fucking sense whatsoever. Never has, never will. There's too many guys back there. Um, Kenny Pickett. Went 0 for 1 because he went down on the first drive. So in came Mitchell Trubisky, uh, 22 for 30, 276, a touchdown and three picks. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 33 yards. Uh, George Pickens got more than one target. So that's good. Uh, we're kind of past that whole saga now. Um, I, I really don't have anything to say much about this game. It, it was ugly. It's going to be ugly again when they meet up in a couple weeks. Um, sh- Either of you can step in if you have something to say, but I just I don't have a whole lot here. How mu- how long is Lamar out? Do we know? I think it's week to week at this point. Could be like three to four, but I think they're playing it week by week. He he's in the the Mahomes um, 
Hertz category where like, or, or I'm sorry, Mahomes Allen category where like offense runs through him. And we're seeing that like he's a total difference maker. So this team really needs him down the stretch. If they want to make a playoff push, especially with how the Bengals are playing, they're looking at a wild card. If they're lucky, uh, you said it, Austin, ever since they got Lamar, it's like, Oh, we don't need to worry about a running back or, or, you know, we have running backs, but let's just use all seven of them. Everybody. Yeah. So I, Dobbins clearly, I mean, that one long run we all saw, there's clearly, he's clearly not right still. So they got to, you know, they got to filter in other guys. I get that. But when, when you have a healthy guy, you got to, you know, run with him and, you know, get some confidence under his belt. So I, I don't know. This, this was an ugly game. Mike Tomlin proves that he can keep it close regardless of the circumstances with his situ- his team. So, I mean, he's still one of the best coaches out there. That's about all I can say for, for the Steelers right now. Um, but yeah, Baltimore, if they're not careful, if Lamar, you know, if they're trying to avoid a bigger issue down the road, I get it. But if, if they're not careful, they're looking at a wild card and I mean, it's going to be tough sledding for them. I, I genuinely think the Ravens are in for a very, very – well, the Ravens can franchise tag Lamar Jackson and he can hold out, and that can be a whole thing next year. I think the Ravens this year are done. I, I think their time in the sun as being a true contender in the AFC is uh, is finished. Whenever your leading receiver is Deshaun Jackson on a weekly basis, you could not be considered a contender in the year 2022. Um, JK Dobbins had a good day, but based upon the way he was running, I wouldn't say it's a sustainable thing. Uh, just looking at the form and how he was running the ball, he does not look right. Nothing about the Steelers defense has looked right since big Ben was throwing with a noodle arm. Um, these are two teams that are incredibly flawed playing in a division where their best competitor has the least amount of flaws and they're incredibly young and they don't have as much constraints in terms of the cap. The Steelers, all the respect to Mike Tomlin for what he's done in his time. This will be his first losing season, and that's fine. He's not going to get fired. John Harbaugh, your job is safe. Um, But I don't know what upside we're looking towards. I think the Steelers probably have a brighter future at this point because for all we know, Lamar Jackson might not be a Raven after this season. And you can like Tyler Huntley as much as you like, but he is not Lamar Jackson. And that is a very true statement. The Ravens have uh, spent a lot of time uh, building an offense to suit Lamar Jackson, but they've never really built an offense to truly complement him. Um, and it shows. Demarcus Robinson was the fourth best receiver in that Kansas City passing attack, and they didn't bring him back for a reason. Uh, Mark Andrews has been a non-factor in the game plan for weeks now since he's been injured. And your fourth best uh, receiving threat was Kenyon Drake, who's a running back. Devin Duvernay, zero targets, zero receptions. Like this team runs the ball, kicks field goals, and I just – I don't see where the upside is with Baltimore. They can't score with passing offenses. They can't defend passing offenses. And legitimately, their rushing attack is as pedestrian as it's been in the last decade. If it weren't for Justin Tucker, this team would probably be 500 or below it. This team just isn't to be compared to the top of the AFC. They are far closer to a team like the Chargers than they are to a team like the Chiefs. And that's coming from a Chargers fan. It's it, it's it's genuinely alarming. I know Baltimore's nine and four, and it's a lot of virtue signaling at this point. But I do think Baltimore 
this is the worst I've seen them in years. And they were terrible last year for stretches whenever they were down with a bunch of injury luck. But losing, be, beating, beating the Steelers this way feels like a loss to me. In terms of fantasy football, I'm not starting a single player in, in this entire game. Nope. If you have other if you have other options, please find them. Pickens and Deontay Johnson are talented wide receivers, but if they're going to have Mitchell Trubisky thrown to them, no. Even if they have Kenny Pickett thrown to them, no. I can't tell you to start Dobbins or Edwards or Drake or uh, or Ricard or uh, Brown or uh, Huntley or any of other wide receivers. Uh, Justice Hill. Uh, how far into the depth chart do you want me to go down? Um, just stay away from it in the in the fantasy football playoffs. It, it it doesn't matter. The Ravens play the Browns. The Steelers hit the Panthers. The Panthers are interesting, but there's just no upside there. Maybe Najee. Maybe Najee's the only startable guy in this entire game. And even then, at what he was drafted, he's not. Speaking of startable. Russell Wilson's not startable. Uh, You can call him Mr. Eliminated. It's all over for the Denver Broncos. It is all over now. Three and ten under Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach. Um, But let me tell you this. Russell Wilson threw for three touchdowns, and now I think he has as many touchdown passes as he has bathrooms in his house. So he finally did it, everybody. He got there. The The race is over. We can all calm down now. Um, Russell Wilson was the leading rusher. Um, I will take this moment to say prayers up for Russell Wilson. No joke intended. My man took a really bad shot towards the end of the game. He's in concussion protocol, so I hope he's going to be okay. That was a tough shot uh, for anybody to take. So I hope Russell Wilson is okay. As much flack as he's gotten from every part of the media all year, I don't want to see a man go down like that. Um. Marlon Mack exists. I don't know if you guys knew that, uh, but Marlon Mack still plays football. He got three carries for 15 yards. Latavius Murray, 18, eight carries for 32 yards. Jerry Judy caught all three of those touchdowns. So Jerry Judy's back this week, um, maybe. Greg Dulcich continues to be the weirdest thing since sliced bread. Um, I had nothing really set up there, but three catches for 42 yards. But to be fair, Nobody likes playing tight end. Honestly, we're going to start a position, a position, not a petition, a position. Uh, we're going to eliminate the tight end position from fantasy football uh, starting next year. No more tight ends. Travis Kelsey's a wide receiver, and we're that's all we're good to go. Um, Patrick Mahomes, we talked about him earlier. Three touchdowns, but three interceptions, but 352 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, 13 carries, 70 yards. Really turned out to be a decent running back out of that backfield. Um, but Jarek McKinnon, seven catches for 112 yards and two touchdowns. My man turned 13 touches into a lot of fucking fancy points to whip my ass. Let me tell you that. Um, <laughs> boy, he beat my ass. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm really glad he's having a good year on a one-year deal with KC. Nine receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey with his pedestrian line of four catches for 71 yards. Travis, come on. Where's the four touchdowns? Get it together. Um, KC went up stupid early 27 to nothing and kind of let up a little bit. Didn't run the ball really at all, even when they had the lead, which is really interesting to think about. Um, but the Broncos did almost make a comeback, but in the end they did not. Um, Grant, you drafted Russell Wilson. 
I did. Yeah, that <laughs> that was uh not 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 the smartest move. Um I I really am still puzzled as to what happened and what what caused the steep decline. I don't know. I think we saw flashes this week that he still does have talent. It might just be a situation where it was, you know, new coach, new quarterback, too much change and maybe they'll though the I think they're going to have a new coach next year the way things went this year. They don't have a choice. They got to, you know, stick it out with Russ for at least two more years based on his contract. So Hopefully he can improve. He's got weapons. They got to get a better running back though. I mean, let's hope that Williams is better um, um, next year, but we'll see. Um, I I really don't, I, I'm kind of speechless on, on the Broncos <laughs> situation. The chiefs are the chiefs. They've, you know, they're going to do this every year. As long as Mahomes is, you know, a quarterback for their team and Andy reads the coach. It's, it's the, Best duo uh, quarterback coach in the league, in my opinion. Um, Mahomes' little underhand toss, whatever you want to call it, to McKinnon, where, you know, it hits him in stride and he happens to run, you know, 50-some yards for a touchdown. It's just he continues to amaze you week after week. He is the best in the league and will be as long as he's putting up these numbers and, you know, creating these plays after – you know, he scrambles out of the pocket. Um, I, I think the Chiefs are a favorite to win the Super Bowl as they are year after year. Broncos uh, hope for a good draft pick at this point. Um, Oops. But it's gone. So, yeah, I, I just I, – I don't <laughs> – I think this was – this was a situation where the Chiefs got ahead and the defense got sloppy. That's the only reason this score is as close as it is, but – yeah, Chiefs are doing what what they always do, and the Broncos are in for a rough offseason. Yeah, as I said earlier with the Deshaun Watson thing, it's – well, you know, the uh, Washington Commanders traded for a guy named Carson Wentz in the offseason. And as we said about Zach Wilson, it's one thing to draft the wrong quarterback. It's another thing to trade for the wrong quarterback. Denver did the uh, worst thing you could possibly do. You trade for the wrong guy, and you pay him instantaneously. The entire state of Colorado is probably going to scratch their heads for the next four years thinking about why they paid Russell Wilson on an extension before he ever played a down of Broncos football. This season is lost. Um, Nathaniel Hackett's job is also lost, and they're just hoping that they can recoup whatever it is they can look forward to next season with. Javante Williams should come back healthy, but I wouldn't count the eggs before they hatch. His knee injury is more in line with J.K. Dobbins's ACL injury last year than it is your typical ACL tear. I believe it was ACL, MCL, and I believe PCL for Javante Williams. So the road back for him is a lot longer than your standard knee, uh, major knee injury. Um, what can we say? As a Chargers fan, Patrick Mahomes has been the boogeyman for the last four years of my life, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, congratulations to the Chiefs on being AFC, cha- AFC West champions for the umpteenth year in a row. Congrats, Andy Reid, for being the best coach in the division for the umpteenth year in a row. Congrats to Travis Kelsey for climbing the tight end ranks for the umpteenth year in a row. Um, Death taxes and the Chiefs playing in an AFC championship game. It's how it works. Um, This game got close in the end. Jerry Judy did his best uh, 
best he he had his best efforts to win this game, albeit shoving a ref before the game was over or bumping into him uh, while he was walking to the sideline with That's his helmet off. Wild. I keep an eye on that. I don't know if they're going to find him or even issue a one game suspension for making contact with an official. Not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, we know how the Broncos season is going to play out. They're going to suck. Hopefully they can win a couple more games. So they don't feel as bad about their draft pick. But Kansas City rolls, and I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon. Yeah, it, as simple as that all the way around. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are the class of the AFC, along with the Bills and the Bengals are putting themselves up there as well. They'll be playing in the playoffs every single year. They'll be winning the division until somebody says otherwise. And right now, nobody decided to say otherwise. Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks of our current generation in terms of talent and the way he puts up numbers right now. It's absolutely insane. But yeah, we'll see what they do in the draft. I really like Isaiah Pacheco, but I feel like he should have got more than 13 carries. But I, I don't know. I feel like they could have a really good run game if they really wanted to. I just don't think they choose to because, you know, Patrick Mahomes exists. We'll see. Devin, I'm going to ask you one simple question. Is this it for Brady? No. Um, I don't think it's ever really going to be it for Tom Brady. I get it. At some point, he's not going to be playing in the NFL. Um, His game this week... 253, one touchdown and a pick. It's not the far – this isn't when Peyton fell off a cliff. Brady is still producing at an above-league average rate. This would be one thing if he were playing against, I don't know, Detroit secondary and he put up stats like this. No offense, Grant. But the Niners secondary and defense is arguably <laughs> the best in football, not named the Dallas Cowboys or the Patriots secondary. This Niners defense is all world, and they prove it week in and week out. Um Brady hasn't looked great, but then again, their offensive line hasn't looked great since their Super Bowl run, and the running game has been non-existent since uh, their NFC playoff game last year. So it's a down year for the Bucks, but I'm not going to tell Brady to hang it up after a bad year. Uh, he's two years removed from a Super Bowl win, and I think his next move will probably be with a different franchise unless he retires, but I think he's farther from retirement this offseason than he was last offseason. Grant? Yeah, I I agree. I think this is it for Brady in Tampa, though. Um, uh, depending on how this season ends, I just don't see him continuing there. And I think Tampa is going to probably be the worst, if not one of the worst teams in the league thereafter. I mean, we, we really saw how – I mean, yes, San Francisco has a great defense, but we saw how porous that offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is. I mean, they've got a lot of old guys on their team, and it's just not clicking at all. Brady is um, now resulting to yelling at someone else each week, whether it's his receivers, his coaches, the refs, uh, fans. I mean, he's just not happy. Wouldn't want to get in his way, but they're still going to find a way to make the playoffs, and who knows what happens when Brady's in the, the playoffs, you know. When, when the game's on the line. So I wouldn't count them out. I don't think they're making it close to the Super Bowl, but wouldn't be surprised if they somehow get lucky and win um, the wild card game. Uh, for San Francisco, um, they're, I mean, they're proving what a good coach can do for you. They've got Mr. Irrelevant, their third string quarterback, you know, stomping on a, a 
Super Bowl team from two years ago, just because they've got a great play caller. They've got a lot, a lot of Swiss Army knives on their team. Um, we'll see how serious Debo's injury is. Uh, I think they still could probably rest him rest of the season and then, you know, go into the playoffs with him hopefully a little bit healthier. Um, but, you know, they got McCaffrey and, you know, um, other really good talent, Kittle. So I, I don't know. I mean, the, their defense is going to keep them in games too. I think they mm-hmm. are going to surprise some teams. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they're in the NFC championship game again. Uh, but I don't see them making it to the Super Bowl because they don't have the you know quarterback that can put them over the top. And I kind of glossed over the Niners in my analysis, Austin, because the Bucks are kind of just like the talk of the town. I think that's kind of the Niners' best asset moving into the playoffs because the biggest thing about the NFC's playoffs this this current season is all the superstar to like transcendent level quarterbacks are in the AFC for lack of better terms. Um, I've said that like 14 times in this podcast, but you know, the AFC has better quarterbacks. It's just point blank and period. Jalen hurts is great. And he's had an amazing season, but his defense is susceptible to giving up yards on the ground. And, you know, the secondary can have bad weeks out of all the teams in the playoffs. Yes. Tom Brady's great, but the offensive line is still going to suck whenever they make the playoffs. I think Tampa can beat, a team like the Cowboys, give or take, depending if I, I don't know. Cause with Bruce Arians, the Bucks feel like a different team than with Byron Leftwich. And so for the first time in a long time, you don't have a top tier quarterback. You don't have a coach that you can completely count on for any of the true contenders. Kevin O'Connell, first year coach, Nick Sirianni, second year coach. The only coach that you can have legitimate faith in is Kyle Shanahan. And he hasn't held on to a lead in a huge game since I don't know when. Um, the NFC is wide open is what I'm trying to say. And to say that any team has a better shot than the Niners at this point, for me, feels a little disingenuous because at least with the Niners, the biggest problem I have with them moving forward was the upside of Jimmy Garoppolo. All they need Brock Purdy to do at this point in the season is not throw suicide balls, not turn the ball over and allow the playmakers to put points up. Cause if the Niners can score 30 plus every week, they're not losing games. This defense, if you give them 20 to 25 a week, it's going to be really hard to knock out this Niners team. And besides the Eagles, I don't know if there's another team in the NFC that can promise you that on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, I think Purdy week-to-week just needs to hit 60 to 65% of his passes. Yeah. I think, it, I think that's reasonable to ask for him. He hit 76% this week. He only threw for 185, and yet they still stomped out Tampa Bay. And there's nowhere to go but up from here for the Niners because this is a – they are – about as injured as any team in the NFL this year. Their starting quarterback, done for the season. Their second starting quarterback, done for the season. Elijah Mitchell is spraining his MCL every fifth carry. (laughs) They added Christian McCaffrey. Debo's going to be out for about four weeks. What else can go wrong is what I'm saying. Obviously, more can go wrong, but it feels like, karmaically speaking, the Niners have nowhere to go but up from here. And if McCaffrey stays healthy with Kittle, Ayuk, and even after Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they still have some guys that are actually usable in this offense. Jawan Jennings has reared his head week after week. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod is a very talented uh, a tertiary guy in this offense. Danny Gray, he's been useful for this team. And George Kittle, while he hasn't been the fantasy stud we've known in years past, he's going to get used, especially if Debo Samuel can't go. So... If they didn't trade for McCaffrey, I totally understand the Niners not being a true contender. But if the defense is going to hold up like this, I find it hard for anybody to beat them any given Sunday. 
even the Eagles, because while Grant mentioned earlier, the Eagles are a great team, but they are incredibly young and they don't have a whole lot of experience in terms of their overall roster. I think signing in Dominican Sue and getting guys that are more veteran types has been helpful for their team, but their quarterbacks played in one playoff game and their coach has played. He's coached one playoff game and they got Kyle slaughtered Shanahan, in that playoff game. Kyle Shanahan has experience and in the field of the NFC right now, Shanahan has slayed bigger demons than what he's going to face this uh, offseason because he's he's beaten LaFleur every time he's faced him damn near. He's beaten McVay, and he's not going to see those guys in the playoffs this year. He's got to beat Sirianni, Mike McCarthy, Kevin O'Connell, and Byron Leftwich. I'm taking Shanahan in each of those matchups. Yeah, I mean, the Niners are just in the best spot. And if they had Jimmy, I would say they're the best team in the NFC. They, they, they I would say they were better than the Eagles. Obviously not record-wise. That's, you know, the Eagles are the class of the NFC when it comes to the record. But in terms of experience, playmakers, defense, the Niners just have it all. And the Eagles, I think, don't want to face San Francisco. San Francisco is the best rushing defense in the league. And I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. That'd be ridiculous. Um do I do we think D Hop gets a touchdown with Colt McCoy? Mm, I don't know about that one. Now that now that it's Colt McCoy out there, I don't know if you're going to get a D Hop touchdown. We'll get to we'll actually get to Monday night here in a few minutes. The it's going to be significant downgrades for Arizona moving forward. I hope Colt McCoy can throw a touchdown to D Hop, but I just don't foresee it happening. Unfortunately, Colt McCoy is a significant downgrade. But for the Niners, Debo going down is god awful. And it's gonna um, at least for him to drop twenty points. What is what is D Hop at? We have him in our league. D Hop is at seven point nine. I think you're SOL, friend. With Colt McCoy, it's just too unfortunate. Um, Debo going down obviously raises the roof for Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Brandon Ayuk moving forward in terms of targets and volume for fantasy football. Um, but the Niners are just going to be holding their off their opponents to practically nothing every single week and don't really have to put up a whole lot of points anyways. And a, a, a thing right now, Austin, with the Niners, there's only one team since 2018 to register more wins as an NFC team than the San Francisco 49ers. And that team is the New Orleans Saints. Outside of the San Francisco 49ers, the Seahawks have the same amount of wins as the Niners do since 2018 as well. But the Niners are the only team throughout that span that still effectively has what they've had. Like the Cowboys are one win less than the Niners. The Eagles, two wins less than the Niners. But the Niners, for lack for lack of better terms, new phrase alert. The Niners are effectively a class of their own in terms of the consistency they have had with the amount of variance between their roster and health being a major factor. I they, they They've shoveled a lot of shit is my biggest thing with the Niners. And eventually they're going to be due. So mm-hmm. I gut feeling, I feel like the Niners are the team in the NFC this year, especially with the Eagles being so young. But I, I, I think just to echo your point, Devin, the NFC is totally wide open. And I think having a third string quarterback isn't really going to hurt them. I mean, you look at the current seven teams that are, right as of today, you know, in the playoffs, uh, the quarterbacks of those teams, Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Purdy, Brady, Prescott, Heineke, and Daniel Jones. Like, 
I mean, yes, Brady's the one name that jumps off the page, but he's 45 years old. So my point is none of those guys are like leaps and bounds above the rest. Yes, Jalen Hurts is playing MVP this year, but he's had one playoff game under his belt. I guess the bottom line is that like none of these guys are leaps and bounds above the rest when it comes to playoff game, on the line, game-winning drive. I would take take Brady still, but given you know the weapons around him and how poor his offensive line is protecting him, I think it's anybody's ball game in the NFC. And I and, and the biggest thing for me this is my last point on the Niners. Um, <laughs> we've seen this shit happen before. Mm-hmm. It's we're like five years removed from 2018. Nick Foles leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl in a wide open NFC. And I think this year the NFC is even more wide open than it was then. Yeah. And while I don't know if the Niners can beat the AFC's best team this season, because I think Kansas City's a bit better than what that Patriots team was that the Eagles faced, but if we're going apples to apples, I think the Niners this year are just as good as that Philadelphia team was, roster for roster. Yeah, I mean, it's simple as that. Um, the Bucks play Cincinnati next week. How do you guys feel about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin moving forward? Chris Godwin, I'm starting him every week. I'd be offended if I didn't. Um, <laughs> Mike Evans, if I, I haven't rostered him since like 2019. I drafted him in the second or third round and he was hurt all year. And I was like, I know you're a thousand yards and like 10 touchdowns, but I just can't, I, I can't fight myself trying to start you every week. Chris Godwin's a safe floor of like five to 10 receptions a week. So you can throw him out there and hope that he scores a touchdown, but he's going to get you like 10 points a week, give or take, depending on the uh, yardage. So safe floor Godwin, if you're a gambling man, you could throw Mike Evans out there. It's, I don't know, the Bucks are just dysfunctional. So I'd go with the floor over any ceiling with that offense. Yeah, I think you're you're banking on touchdowns from both those guys. You're not going to get, you know, chunk plays from either of them. Bucks, is, Bucks are a confusing team. So I, I, I w- if you have better options, I would play them. <laughs> the, the answer is no. <laughs> Yeah, and as for Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, I would also like to stay away from that backfield right now. I, I just – Rashad White got the bulk of the carries, 13 for 56. Len, Lenny got four for 13. But Lenny did see six catches for 33 yards, and Rashad White got five for 21. So Rashad gets more touches in the end, but I just don't know. If you have better options at running back, please do. But if you're going to pick one, it might as well be Rashad White, I guess. They seem to give him more touches as long as Leonard Fournette continues to not look very healthy for the most part. Um, for the Niners, they play the Seahawks. I'm calling it a pending shootout because we'll get to Geno right now, and he's playing out of his mind, and the Niners' defense is insane, but I think there is going to be a decent amount of points scored because uh, with Ken Walker most likely out and the Niners being the best rushing defense in the league anyways, it's going to force Geno to throw the ball probably close to 40 to 50 times. Um, and I didn't say this earlier, Casey plays the Texans next week. So smash every Casey guy you got, not named Marquez Valdez-Gantling. Um, Juju, of course, you're playing Calcium Holmes every week. Hell, if if you have, if you're desperate enough, I'd play Pacheco or McKinnon because that's how bad the Houston Texans are. Um, and Denver plays the Cardinals. So that's interesting to see. But now... With the Cardinals losing Kyler Murray, I do not know how startable anybody is anymore. I'm, I've lost my confidence in DeAndre Hopkins, unfortunately. 
Panther Seahawks. Uh, boy, um, the Panthers are one game out of a first place AFC South. NFC. You'd South. like that, Austin. You would love that. Mm-hmm. Going to Carolina as opposed to Tampa. I would love to go to Carolina, please. I will beg you to play Deontay Foreman, Sam Darnold, and DJ Moore over Mike Evans, Tom Brady, and Rashad White. Please. I would love to go to Carolina and lose that game instead uh, because we are a one-and-done football team. Um, Gino's still that dude. I Gino was bound to regress in some sort of way, but he's having a killer every year. Man. I love this guy. He's playing absolutely insane. Uh, 21 for 36, 264, three touchdowns, two picks. There was no run game to be had without Kenneth Walker. It's as simple as that. Travis Homer, nine carries for 26 yards. And it's just not there. Marquise Goodwin, five catches, 95 yards and a touchdown. DK Metcalf got a touchdown. Tyler Lockett made a sick toe tap touchdown. Um, this team is very surprising the way it's been, uh, even at seven and six, they have won way more games than anyone thought they would all season long, but their defense has significantly regressed since that Raiders game. They've been getting beat up. They've been forcing Gino to score a lot of points and it kind of caught up with them here with a better defense in the Carolina Panthers because they lost to Sam Darnold who threw for 121 yards and a touchdown. They let Chuba Hubbard beat him up. They hit. They let Raheem Blackshear score a rushing touchdown on him, and Shy Smith got a, re- a receiving touchdown. So, G Smith, my guy, really, she Legend. Smith, she Smith, yeah, she it might be shy. I could, I, I could be shy, lying. Who knows? Shy, she, her, him, however, <laughs> however you'd like to hey, go. Hey, dude, it's all good for six, all good for six. Um, you know, blowing up on waiver wires over there. Um, Yep. That, yep. I mean, we told a lot of people to start Deontay Foreman this week, and he did get the bulk of the carries, but he's not the one who scored in the end, and he's got the same amount of rushing yards that Chuba Hubbard did in Chuba had less carries. So now I really just uh, – unless Deontay Foreman playing the Falcons next week and the week after that and then the week after that, probably done starting Deontay Foreman because it was only good – against the Atlanta Falcons. And we thought Sam Darnold loved DJ Moore, but we were cheated and lied to DJ Moore, two catches for six yards. We're back to where we started. Yeah. DJ Moore is effectively uh, the modern day Harry Houdini. Now you see him. Now you don't. He's a magic act. He's extremely talented, but you know, no one tells his quarterbacks. So I wouldn't recommend starting anybody on the Panthers, regardless. Uh, I know Deonta Foreman is a waiver wire pickup of the year for some people. He's been riding my bench in any league that I have him. I don't trust him. I don't trust anybody on this offense. I don't trust this win. Uh, the Seahawks were down quite a bit in terms of like uh, impact players. Their line's pretty banged up, if I'm correct, and they were missing uh, their biggest impact guy of this season that's not a receiver in Kenneth Walker, and it showed. Um, Travis Homer, Antonio Jones Jr., did their best impersonation of a competent running back, each totaling less than three yards per carry. So hopefully uh, Kenneth Walker can come back next week and keep the Seahawks uh, wildcard hopes alive because this team needs him more than I think I thought they did with Geno Smith at quarterback. So shock it up to uh, Sam Darnold just being that guy, I guess. I don't know. Carolina's playing with an interim head coach. Games get weird later in the season, so – 
the Bucks division to lose. The Seahawks are still one of my teams that I think has an insider shot at the playoffs. They just need to get healthy. Yeah, I <clears throat> Seattle has the talent. I mean, Geno's proving like what Jimmy G did in the year they made the Super Bowl. <clears throat> that like as long as you're a game manager, you have a very high completion percentage. Your your team will win ball games. Um, Kenneth Walker um, is a big bright spot for them, but you know he he's injured now, correct? Yeah, most likely he was out yesterday, and I'm going to assume because they have to play a Thursday game against San Francisco, yeah. I think. <clears throat> miss that game, too. Yeah, so they're going to have to rely on the passing game, so it'll be can Gino avoid the mistakes, can he enjoy, uh, avoid the picks. Um, the The Seahawks defense has played better than I think we expected, especially after um, Jamal Adams went down early in the season. Um, Panthers would be the shock of the century if they, you know, Interim head coach, trade away their best player, um, literally revolving door at quarterback, say goodbye to Baker. Now they're on Sam Darnold again. If they make the playoffs, um, it'd be really interesting. I know Cowboys fans all over, like Austin, are hoping for that. Um, wouldn't that be a big slap in the face to Tom Brady if he got dethroned by the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold? So. Uh, we'll we'll see how the rest of that division plays out. It's just it's really funny to look at um, the Cowboys division, the NFC East, two three years ago was where the NFC South is now. Flip flop them. I mean, much. a couple of seasons can really change, you know, the the makeup of a division. So we'll see. Um, I think, like Devin said, it's the Bucks division to lose. I don't think the Panthers are going to take it from them. I think the Bucks might just you know crumble. Uh, but yeah, Seattle as a Lions fan, I'm hoping they lose games because they do have that tiebreaker against us and that heartbreaking loss. Um, so hoping that they lose some games down the stretch to give us a chance at the playoffs. <laughs> Panthers get the Steelers. So, um, no, <laughs> nobody, nobody at all is starting on your fantasy football lineup. The Seahawks get the Niners, but I don't lock it. DK Metcalf, Geno Smith, they've had, they've been insane all year. You're not going to sit them now. They they have to score a shit ton of points against San Francisco on Thursday. It You have to start those guys. The moment Devin's been waiting for. Um, I said this earlier in the show. I'm going to say this until I'm dead. Good quarterbacks look great whenever there's great talent assembled around them. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the best two receivers in football this year, and I don't think it's close tandem-wise. And they've made Tua Tagovailoa look incredibly good, and he's played fairly well most of this season. Um, he didn't last night. Um, Mr. Accurate and Mr. Uh, Mr. Heisman hopeful, Mr. I got drafted fifth instead of sixth. The Dolphins look back on that, and I'm sure they still regret it, regardless of how well he's played this year. Um, it was a very clean game on both sides, not many turnovers. Um, this game was closer than it should have been. Tyreek Hill, congratulations on a 50-yard fumble recovery touchdown. That's probably not going to happen again in your career. Um, Tua completed 10 passes. Uh, Justin Herbert almost didn't incomplete. Justin Herbert barely missed. 10 passes this entire game, 39 for 51, 
the most completions he's had in the start in, in his career, 367 yards and one touchdown. Austin Eckler had a modest game of 15 carries, 45 yards and a touchdown. Talent matters. And you know how I said Jamar Chase makes uh, Joe Burrow better? Having Mike Williams and Keenan Allen playing a full game together makes Justin Herbert a lot better. And that's saying a lot because Herbert's been one of the top five quarterbacks in passing yards this season, and he does not have a top 40 wide receiver in terms of receiving yards. You look at you look at Tua over across the way, he's about top six in passing yards. He's missed two games, but he still has two top 10 receivers. Uh, Mike McDaniel's done a great job of scheming Tua into openings and defenses. Brandon Staley was just ready. This defense came prepared, and they did not allow the Dolphins to operate in open space. Um, Michael Davis got tripped up on that huge Tyree kill touchdown in the uh, second half. But aside from that, this defense did not give up a lot of mistakes. And this is a defense that was not featuring Sebastian Joseph Day, Bryce Callahan, or Derwin James. The defense stepped up in a huge way. And I'm not going to say the Dolphins lost this game because the Chargers went out there and won it. For the first time in about six weeks, they've played a second half of football like they played the first half. And they did not beat themselves. Um the Chargers not only dominated time of possession, they also didn't turn the ball over. For a team that has constantly found themselves losing in the second half, they didn't let themselves get beat. 17 points in the second quarter is what we've expected from the Chargers since about week five. They are an incredible first half team that somehow falls to the pitfalls of their uh, second halves. But the defense showed up in the biggest way I've seen all season, and it's kept their playoff hopes alive. They're on the outside looking in as of right now, but if they can get healthy in the way that this week kind of lended you to believe in, Mike Williams is one of the best uh, throw-it-up-and-get-it guys in the NFL. His body control is uh, it, it, it's as good as you're going to find in the league in terms of just uh, perimeter receivers. There's a reason why they paid him the money this offseason. Keenan Allen is still Herbert's favorite target. And Austin Eckler's on pace for about 120 receptions this year. This team is complete. This is the, there are very few te teams in the NFL that are as talented offensively as the Chargers at full strength. And if we can make the playoffs, there's a window of time where we could possibly see Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa, and a number of impact guys back for this offense. So, while I'm not going to crown the Chargers after this week, this is the uh, this was a put up or shut up game in plenty different ways whether it was Emmanuel uh, Acho calling Herbert a social media quarterback and this is a social oh. media team. Um, he, oh. He's been silenced as a doubter. Um, this was, this that was a must win silence, unfortunately for the rest this of was, us. This was a must win game for the chargers, not just for the team, but for Brandon Staley himself, because through all of the injuries and all of the turmoil, this team is still in the hunt. And while, it's less than ideal moving forward. This team has a shot at making the playoffs. And if I look up their schedule right now, I think they're going undefeated. I just looked it up. Yeah, I think that I think the Chargers could realistically win out. And my biggest thing for this season was if the Chargers can get to 11 wins, they're a playoff team. And I said it to start the year. I, I I thought a healthy Chargers team could pace the AFC, and I still do believe that statement. We lost J.C. Jackson. We lost Joey Bosa. We've lost um, Rayshon Slater. We've lost Lindsley for times. But if this team can get healthy and stay healthy from this point forward into the playoffs, 
They have as good of a shot as anybody. And I even count them along the likes of like the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of the overall upside of this team. As long as Staley can get out of his own way and Lombardi cannot put himself in a box in these second halves, the sky's the limit for the Chargers. They are incredibly talented. And this is like, I know I'm a Chargers fan, but this is what I've been trying to see all season. Because regardless of what the record has said, I don't know how you don't view Herbert at least borderline top five in terms of quarterbacks in the league today. The numbers back him up, and I get it. Wins and losses matter, but wins aren't a quarterback stat. Wins are a coaching stat, but I will ne- I, I will never get behind wins or a quarterback stat. There's too much going on to just rest our, rest our laurels on, well, this quarterback is above 500 and blah, 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 blah. It, it makes little sense to me and bolt up, I guess. <laughs> well, what about Jimmy? Jimmy wins. Well, that because because that's the biggest thing. I understand Herbert has turned the ball over in less than stellar situations, but people act like Justin Herbert's out here throwing 20 picks a season. He's got seven on the year to pair that with 21 passing touchdowns. He had 15 last year with 38. Like anybody can push a narrative to fit their own uh, ideals, but Herbert's taking Herbert's breaking record after record after record. Like he just broke the most passing yards in the first three seasons of any player's career in the NFL. And the biggest thing about that stat is Patrick Mahomes didn't play, but one game his rookie year. So those stats are a little skewed in favor of Herbert, but outside of Mahomes, I don't think we've seen a quarterback start off their career better to this point. Statistically. Yeah. But I'll leave it at that. Shout out uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Tua, you had a bad day. Sucks it was against the Chargers. Um, and Tyree Kill, you still haunt my dreams. He never leaves. He's always here. Death, taxes, and Tyree Kill burning the Chargers secondary. I mean, you, you basically hit everything on the head. Tua went 10 for 28. And somebody broke down that uh, Tua throws in the middle of the field more than anybody else since, since, simply because he has the speedsters to beat everybody to that spot, and he's looked really good. And I'm not even going to get into yards after catches with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Um, Jeff Wilson went down. They didn't really run the whole ball – didn't run the ball a whole lot against one of the worst rushing defenses, so that's really something interesting to me, especially when Tua was struggling as bad as he was, and I don't think the Chargers were really stacking the box too much. So it, it's something I, I don't know. Like I like Mike McDaniel's, but like I feel like Raheem Mostert should have got more than eleven carries. He wasn't being super efficient, but I know Jeff Wilson broke off a twenty-yard run. Like I felt like something was there. End arounds with Tyree Kill, something I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just felt really weird. What did you see, Grant? I from this might be like a third-person perspective being on the East Coast, but I feel like the Chargers have been inflated ever since Herbert like showed up, they just, they, they beef him up as a top five team in the, in the league. And I haven't seen that since Uh, he is a great quarterback, but I I don't, they haven't proven it to me yet. They haven't made the playoffs and they haven't won a big game. Um, I do think though, both these teams are going to be wild card teams. Uh, Just looking at the landscape of the AFC. Um, I do think though that, to Devin's point, they have a lot of talent coming back and they do have the potential to, you know, surprise a team like the Titans if they went out, win their division um, and <clears throat> upset a team in the 
upset based on seeds, a team in the playoffs. So um, both these teams have a lot of talent, a lot of high, uh, high power offenses. So I think, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make with Tua either. I think he is getting the benefit of the doubt because he has two speed demons on his team. I think a lot of quarterbacks would look really good with those two guys to throw to. I think, um, I don't know. I think he has some, some consistency issues and we'll see how it goes um, throughout the rest of the year and, you know, into next season. But um, chargers are, I think a step away from being in the class with the chiefs and the bills, they need to make the playoffs and then prove it to me that they can, at least win a playoff game before we can start talking about them as a contender. All right, Devin, get them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I, I agree with Grant. Uh, my, my, my big predictions in the off season were with the healthy chargers team. And that's been the biggest thing is on paper, the chargers were one of the best teams coming out of the off season on paper, but chargers on paper have always been kind of a pipe dream. They have always had talented rosters, and they've always had Achilles' heels. Go back to 2010. We had the best offense and best defense, according to scoring in football that year, and we missed the playoffs because we had the worst special teams. Our rushing defense is still incredibly suspect in Los Angeles. And while I would love to sit here and say they're the best team in the AFC, we are far from that, but this team can get a lot better in a very short time due to health. Joey Bosa is actually expected to come back to practice this week. I don't expect him to play, but he's been gone for months on the IR. And if there's a, if there's ever a time to get healthy, it is right now. So all aboard the Chargers train, if we miss the playoffs, you know, nothing new around here. We'll uh, gear up for next year and hopefully stay healthy. But you were talking about like the, the, the year the Eagles won, this Chargers team is – a team like that, in my opinion, like it would not surprise me if they won the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Bills or Chiefs, like maybe the Bills and Chiefs play each other, and the Chargers get lucky and you know only have to play one of them or something. But I don't know how it's all going to shake out. But I, I, I could see, like, I would not be surprised if they were in the AFC Championship game, just because if they do hit their stride, they get their players back. There is a chance for them to make make serious moves. It's just my my main point was they've gotten a lot of hype for. Yeah. not really proving it yet. 100%. And I think a big thing, especially if the Chargers do make the playoffs, teams should pay attention to it because the Chargers have lost to the Chiefs twice this season and the uh, combined uh, point differential was six in those matchups. And the Chiefs beat us the first time on a massive pick six late in the game. So 100%. Nope. I, I agree. That first game was the game that Herbert got like – hit really hard too, got right? absolutely yeah. like mike white spear but it was because herbert's like six six we're like oh you know he's fine but yeah rib, rib cartilage is a real thing <laughs> right so he, he, was, he was playing like when he shouldn't have been so you really can't even count that as like a as a loss in my opinion no yeah he <laughs> got walloped by the jags texans and then we yeah because that's the thing herbert is finally getting back to being healthy like last night a big thing that we saw from herbert was he actually used his legs in a way? There was a big third down where he just took it for like 12 yards, slid and did the whole like first down celebration. I hadn't seen that from him in like four or five weeks due to the ribs. And if he's back to 100%, his arm could beat you any, any given Sunday, but his legs are definitely underrated. Yeah, and 
all around for next week, uh, the Dolphins play the Bills in heavy, heavy snow. So be on the lookout for the weather. You're going to start Tyree Killer. You're going to start Jalen Waddle, but I would stay away from Miami running backs at this point. The Dolphins also had uh, space heaters out on the sidelines against the Chargers at SoFi, and the external temperature was at 55 degrees outside. So if they needed space heaters going to SoFi, I think they're going to be in for some less than stellar conditions playing in Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to have a massive advantage because the first time they matched up, they had them in the sun the entire game in the sidelines. So I think Buffalo is definitely going to be happy to get them in their own weather. But we'll, I think they're going to try to make like an atomic bomb, but kind of just stay above like almost a second sun, so to speak. I think what the Dolphins are probably going to try and do is Mike, Mike, Mike McDaniel's going to have a science experiment go through where they have an igloo and a giant like uh, <laughs> magnifying glass, like a greenhouse effect. So they'll just have go. this nice little dome go. where they can just stay nice and warm. The Los Angeles Chargers play the Tennessee Titans. Uh, smash everybody you have on that offense. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. Those four are absolute smashes this week. Uh, if Give you're desperate Gerald enough, Everett. Josh. Gerald Everett. If you're desperate, Josh Palmer. But don't go that desperate. But almost everybody, the way the Titans are playing right now in the secondary and the Chargers throw the ball an unhealthy amount, uh, they will smash the Titans. Um, for this Monday night game, it is injuries galore. It is Ramondre Stevenson has gone to the locker room twice. Kyler Murray most likely has suffered a, a I almost said career ending. God, I hope not. Season, season ending, season ending knee injury. Um, so moving forward, I do not know if you can start DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown moving forward. James Connor smashing it. See, he's startable, but. With Colt McCoy, I mean, Hopkins had okay weeks with Colt McCoy, but I don't know. He's still DeAndre Hopkins, but, like, I don't New England's hard to evaluate because I feel like it was Bill's job to phase out DeAndre Hopkins this game. That's kind of what I expected. Just always phase out the best player, and then Kyler happened to, you know, lose his knee in this situation. I don't know. Who does Arizona play next week? Uh... I'm curious. I need I need an educated. I need some evidence here. They play the Broncos and then the Bucks. See, what do you without guys think, Kyler, DeAndre? Without Kyler, I'm taking the uh, Broncos. No, not even like not even like prediction. I'm like, is DeAndre Hopkins startable? Yes. Yeah, I think you have to. Okay. It, it at, at this point the thing that so this is this is the one caveat to DeAndre Hopkins. There are two fantasy football managers that have DeAndre Hopkins rostered. The guy that drafted him at the discount and held on to him for the full suspension or the person that traded for him after he boomed off of the suspension. If you traded for him, you're going to have to start the dude. But if yeah. you drafted him and you were very fortunate health-wise, you probably have some pivotable options. Yeah. Like I, in some leagues, got him in like round seven, eight, or nine. And in those leagues, I had already drafted both my running backs and like two or three receivers to that point. So yeah, I think you and I got him at 10, and then yeah. I got him at 10 in a different one. But in deeper leagues, you're going to have to start him unless you have yeah. a very keen eye for waivers. If you were able to get a Christian Watson, if you were able to get a guy like Donovan Peoples Jones, 
But there, if you if you weren't able to hit on waivers or you've been injury riddled, he's going to be a must start for most leagues, yeah. especially at your wide receiver two or flex spot. Yeah, it just it sucks. That, but he's that... he's downgraded from the one that he was with Kyler for a good chunk of the season after he got yeah. back. Yeah. 100 percent. That offense is so fucking talented, man. And it, it frustrates me that Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to get another pass, especially because he's extended through 2027, and now he's not going to finish the season with his quarterback. Uh, it, he didn't have Kyler for periods last year. He didn't have Kyler for a period before. Now he's not going to have Kyler for up to six games, I believe. The last four and two earlier. So Cliff Kingsbury gets another pass. So I don't get how they were like, what was it? Nine and oh or 10 and oh, I like, I just don't get how that happened. I, I, I say every week to me, the Arizona Cardinals on offense are one of the top five talented guys yeah. in the league. Pure, absolute talent. Give me Arizona every, almost every day of the week. Tyler Murray is a top 10 quarterback talent wise. Deandre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Rondale Moore, Zach Ertz. When these guys are Robbie helpful, Anderson. This is a top Robbie Anderson is even a random deep threat. Greg Dorch had some random spurts of greatness during the time that DeAndre was suspended and Brown was hurt and Moore was hurt. And just there's so many top tens on this offense, but it's a bottom three system. It's a bottom three system that if you can't score points with that offense, what the fuck are you doing? So the Cardinals start last year can be summed up very easily. Mike Zimmer, um, Urban Meyer, Matthew Stafford, just welcome to the Rams. They swept the Niners last year, which actually surprised the shit out of me. Baker Mayfield, the Houston Texans. Like, yeah, that, 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 that did happen. Packers beat them. Um, they lost to the Panthers. They beat the Seahawks whenever Russ was down. They beat Justin Fields. Um, the Rams beat them again. The Lions beat them. They really limped into the postseason. Holy cow. They beat the your team Clinton's last year. Too. always does that. Oh, they, yeah. Ky- because Kyler Murray makes nuts ass plays with his legs. Like, I feel like w- this team right now is what? The, the Arizona Cardinals are what? Before they lose tonight, they're four and nine. Right? Yeah, they'll be four yep. and nine. Can mm-hmm. you imagine? So they might I- have two fucking wins if Kyler Murray isn't their quarterback. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying the Raiders that, game. He won that game by himself. I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is in the Mahomes discussion, but can you imagine if he was on uh, Andy Reid's team or like Andy Reid's play calling? It, it would be insane. I mean, he he makes those plays himself with Cliff Kingsbury calling something totally different. So you could put like put put Kyler Murray on the Dolphins this year. Yeah, the Dolphins probably Ooh. lead the AFC. And I don't think that's hyperbole because that the, the the thing is, even in the preseason, Cliff Kingsbury was like, "Oh, you think calling plays is so hard?" Kyler called plays for a couple of halves in the preseason, and the Cardinals played kind of well. Like, if if Zach Taylor's held back Joe Burrow in any way, then um, yeah, I would say that uh, Cliff Kingsbury has uh, Kyler in a hostage situation, and it's uh, it's looking really dire. Put, I mean, even put put Kyler on the Broncos, and that team yep. probably in the playoffs because the Broncos' defense is insane. Well, yeah. Kyler, Kyler, Kyler is put the up ultimate, 18 points. Kyler raises the floor of any offense that he is on. He is that dynamic. It, it, I, le- I said it two weeks ago. I, I, if 
Kyler Murray was a cowboy? Fucking hammer that shit. I like they, Dak. Don't get me wrong, but I'm hammering Kyler Murray over Dak Prescott any day of the week. There's a reason why he got paid. Like, genuinely. Kyler Murray got paid the money for his contract because he is worth every penny of it. And and I and I think Kyler gets a bad rap because he kind of has a bit of an attitude and likes to play Call of Duty. Like, I like to play Call of Duty. Actually, not, really not much anymore, but, you know... Like, he gets a bad rap and people want to say he's not talented and he's this crybaby and this and that. Like, give him a fucking head coach. You you extended Cliff Kingsbury for five years and this is what you want for the next five years? Look at Let's look at their wins. Like, I was just looking at this. So they, they get beat up by the Chiefs in week one. Look at the Raiders. If you watch that game back, Kyler Murray is the only reason why that team went to overtime, let alone won the game. I know they won on a defensive touchdown in overtime, but they are nowhere close to beat the Raiders if Kyler Murray doesn't run around for 100 yards for a two-point conversion. They lose to the Rams. They beat the Panthers, whatever. If Matt Prater's healthy, they might beat the Eagles. They go to the overtime with the Eagles. They don't show up against the Seahawks. They beat the crap out of the Saints. They play a damn close game against the Vikings, which probably wouldn't be close with Kyler Murray. They play a decently better game against Seattle. They beat the Rams. Granted, everybody was beating the Rams at that point. Um, This is a Colt McCoy game against the Niners on Monday night. Uh, I think this is a Colt McCoy game against the Chargers, if I remember. No. No, it was Kyler last week. So Colt must have beat the Rams. But Kyler made that game pretty damn close and... Really, if you go back and watch the Chargers and Cardinals game, me and Devin watched it. Nobody wanted to win that football game. <laughs> yeah, there was, was there was a, it, it was make second half adjustments challenge impossible, impossible difficulty for those two head coaches at the time. And just that, the second half was just no you, and then the Chargers went no you last. <laughs> yeah, just okay. It, it's get it's getting late. Grant's on the East Coast, so let's just fly through these predictions and. We'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. Uh, we, we've been having a lot of fun tonight, but I'm Speed sure Grant wants, wants to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, we have to go to work in the morning. <laughs> All right, Thursday night, Niners Seahawks. Niners. 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 Yeah, I think it'll be a great game. I think Gino will, will show that he can do good against a strong defense, but in the end, the Niners should be winning this football game. Uh, Colts-Vikings. Give me the Vikings. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's have like 300 yards and two touchdowns. Stephon Gilmore's human. Yeah, Vikings. Vikings. Uh, Ravens, Browns. Browns. Give me the Browns. I think Lamar doesn't play. Tyler Huntley's in concussion protocol. And Deshaun Watson yeah. is getting better week by week. And Nick Chubb is still Nicholas Chubb. Like, I don't like the Ravens right now at all. Yeah, if, if Lamar plays, I got Baltimore. But if he doesn't, I got Cleveland. Yeah, the last note I read is that the organization looks like they're pushing towards week 16, but he could play in 15. But with a knee injury, I doubt that. He didn't do it with an ankle injury last year. I don't see him doing it again. So I'll take the Browns. Dolphins, Bills. Give me the Bills. Um, it's going to be like seven inches of snow based upon the forecast. I don't know how Tua is going to perform in that. Like it was one thing whenever the Bills, they barely beat the Bills in Miami earlier this year after Tua almost died on the field. Um, cold weather isn't going to lend itself to much inspiration for anybody. Josh Allen's a huge dude. Tua isn't. I just think the Bills are built more for a snow game, my, which is uh, funny. 
My hot take of the week is the is uh got the Dolphins in this game. Uh, Tyreek's used to the cold with KC and that's fair. Some end arounds to him or some you know little shovel passes and no one can catch him. I mean snow snow is a run game and he's the fastest on the field still. So I think he has a huge game. This is definitely a loser leaves town match. Winner of this game wins the division. I I think mm-hmm. the Bills need this more than Miami does. I think Miami can travel offensively better than the Bills can. Defensively, they can't. I saw a stat last night. The Miami defense gives up like 35 on the road, and at home it's like 15. So, Jesus. Yeah, so Miami needs this win too if they want to actually produce in the playoffs. But, yeah, yeah. it's a, a loser-leaves-home matchup. I'm going to take the Bills too. Uh, Eagles-Bears. Eagles. 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 Jets-Lions. Uh, We're going Lions, dude. I'm, I'm rolling with Grant's team. Um, DeAndre Swift, get healthy. Jamal Williams, two touchdowns. And Jared Goff, you know, he's not afraid of some Jets. Like Mike White might not even play this coming week. I'm sure his ribs are absolutely uh, basted, smoked to 350 degrees. He, he's not going to be in any shape to play effectively this weekend after that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Lions too, because if you look at their opponents over this five, five out of six run, they're not beating bad teams. Like they're, I mean, they are, but they beat the Vikings and they held Kirk to 23 points. They almost put away Josh Allen and the Bills. They absolutely destroyed the Jacksonville Jaguars, who really, on paper, in the way they've been playing, are not a bad team. They beat the crap out of the Giants, who have way overperformed this year, but you can't count them out. They played a war against the, the Bears, like Lions team, and they beat the Packers. Like, what? I mean, the Packers, you know, aren't what they used to be. But my point is they're not beating, like, the bottom teams. They haven't beaten the Texans five times in a row. Like, they're they're playing good teams, and they're playing hard. And their defense, Grant, not giving up 35 points. Yeah, I'm just – I'm a pessimistic Lions fan, as all of us are. <laughs> uh, playing in MetLife, I don't know. I hope that snow in Buffalo doesn't come into MetLife. If it does, <laughs> it's going to make things interesting. But I'll take the Lions in a close game. Oh, crap. I'm in the wrong week now because I kept looking at the Lions. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, still. <sighs> Steelers, Panthers. Sam Darnold, uh, late game heroics. I just, I can't bet on Mitch Trubisky. I can bet on Mike uh, Tomlin, but that Panthers defense isn't bad and their offense is actually kind of talented. I just think the Steelers are playing for a draft pick at this point. There's no reason for them to try and win games moving forward. They are always picking in the 20s. Give Tomlin a pick within the top 15 for once. I'm going to go Panthers solely to see uh, if they can take that division. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it, dude. Like Tampa Bay's losing next week. I'm going to go with the Panthers, too. I think they're just a better team to set a bar uh, really, really low. <laughs> They're the better team. Okay. May I interest you in the Texans? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Hear me out. Or the Chiefs. Houston, we have problems. Give me the Chiefs by 30. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's the Chiefs by a whole hell of a lot, brother. Whether it's cream cheese, <sighs> butter, or jelly, the spread will be covered by Kansas City. It's it, it's This game is not going to be close. In a battle of two playoff contenders... The Falcons and the Saints. I think Ritter's going to win this game for the Falcons. I just don't think Dennis Allen likes winning things. I think he's. I think he misunderstood what they meant 
by being the Tiger Woods of a sport. I think he mean I think he thinks the lower the score is the better off you're doing with the way he runs that <laughs> offense. So yeah, give me the Falcons. Arthur Smith is actually a competent play caller. We've seen that in Tennessee. Dennis Allen was the uh defensive coordinator that was inherited after the uh God, what was his name? It wasn't was it Greg Roman, the bounty gate for the Saints? Not Greg Roman. Um, um shit. Payton? Sean Payton's defensive coordinator whenever they were headhunting and like Paying players oh, to basically I'd kill have people. To look it up, to be honest. With he, you. he was the Jets coordinator on the uh, fourth and press whenever Henry Ruggs won the game against the Jets. Oh, defensive. Not Greg Roman. Is it Greg Roman? No, it's not. No, Bounty Gate. Here we go. I'm I'm on the case. Greg Williams. Yeah. Thank you, Greg Williams. I figured it was Williams. Yeah. Yep. For okay. Champion. Sidebar. My bad. <laughs> I think Desmond Ritter falls out, and it'll be interesting because. Uh, no Kyle Pitts. Starting starting running back Mark Ingram is out, so their backup, who I heard is pretty good, and Alvin Kamara might see some touches. Um, actually, Taysom I take Hill. that back. Taysom Hill, seven carries, 157 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, and a punt return score. 30. Yeah, Saints lose by 30. Yeah, I got I got the Falcons in this one, too. God, it, oh, my God. If, if the – if the Bucks lose and the Panthers and Falcons win, we have a three-way tie for first. Oh lordy! Oh, oh Cowboys Jags. Give me. The, fuck, this one's tough. I don't want yeah, to disrespect I, you. I, on I agree with you. I I'm obviously picking the Cowboys, and I have I I have to, and I do believe we can win any football game because oh, if our defense be shows up, if if our defense shows up. It's not close, but I it's, don't know what defense I'm going to get week to week anymore. It's in Jacksonville, which is my only concern for you guys. Your secondary's banged up. Yeah, um, and, and having to see the Jaguar in a speedo can be really terrifying. So that could always throw some players off. You guys are having to keep pace with the Eagles. I'm going to give the Cowboys the edge just because of – I know the Jaguars have to keep pace with the Titans, but the Jaguars don't have to make the playoffs this year. The Cowboys kind of have to make the NFC Championship to make this feel worth it for them. So I think if the Cowboys a lose what? this week, huh? You have, have to make, to make it to a what? The NFC Championship game? I've never heard of that. I've never seen it before. Is, that, it, that, is it a nice? Is it a nice place to be? You can call Jimmy Johnson, but he probably won't accept your call. No, but that's that, that's the biggest thing for Dallas. This feels like if it doesn't click in the next couple of years, Dallas is going to have to start making some calls that are going to be really difficult. So yeah. I'll take Dallas out of respect for you. And I think they probably needed a bit more, especially with the threat of Brady looming in the wild card for the NFC. Yeah, I got Dallas too. Cardinals, Broncos. Wait, there's no Kyler is done. A, a That's an ugly. Injury, uh, done. So it's going to be backup versus backup. I got Colt McCoy in yeah, that. If game. Russ doesn't, if Russ doesn't clear protocol, yeah. I got the Cardinals. Hopes and dreams. Let's die. I'll take the Cardinals. If Russ plays, I think it's the Broncos game to lose, but concussion protocols are weird, especially with the new ones. I'll, I'll go Cardinals. James Conner's still good. D-Hop's still going to get like eight receptions. And Hollywood Brown is alive. So let me, let me just say that you thought Colt McCoy versus Brett Ripien was bad. May I offer you Cliff Kingsbury versus Nathaniel Hackett? How ugly can you go? You thought the, the no, Cardinals. You thought the Chargers Cardinals no you bowl was historic. <laughs> Just wait for this weekend. 
Oh boy. Thank God. Thank God I don't have to play in the playoffs this week in, in my money league. Our deep league team is so fucked at this point, but but at least <laughs> we okay. had fun along the way. We didn't. We really didn't. Patriots Raiders. Give me the Pats. These are not like fun matchups. No, it's it's not. no these are fantasy football playoff matchups. Yeah. Let me tell you, we're having fun. Patriots, I'll take the Patriots. Yeah. Baker Mayfield I mean, just beat yeah. this team in prime time. I, I have no faith in Josh McDaniels or whatever. They're like, let Russ cook is a funny meme, but like, in all actuality, Russ has played better than Derek Carr some weeks. And Derek Carr is supposed to be the. I, I just, I can't trust the Raiders to do anything besides blow leads at this point. Like, the, the Ravens had blown like as many fourth quarter leads as possible. And the Raiders were like, hey, hold my beer. We want to like get the heat off of you guys. Like, it's, it's insane how bad the Raiders have been. Titans, Chargers. Um, bolt up, bolt ganger, don't bang. I picked against them this previous week, and it went in my favor. I'm not going to do that again because I do want to keep beating you in the splits, Austin. So I'm taking the Chargers. Ryan Tannehill, be kind. Fucked up. Yeah, I got the Chargers. I mean, yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers too. I really like the Titans, but the way their secondary is getting cooked, like what am I – I can't I can't pick them at this point. Hurts and Trevor Lawrence – Absolutely tore them apart, and I'm expected to believe Herbert can't. Like, come on, Bengals, Bucks. Give me the Bengals. I think they're they'll probably win by ten. Joe Mixon's healthy. Jamar Chase is healthy. T. Higgins was healthy. Ten points or ten touchdowns. Ten points. I think the oh. Bucks can actually score some points against this defense. The Bengals' defense is good, but it's not the Niners. The Bengals should win pretty easily, but I don't think the Bucks are going to be like shut out. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Brady comes in pissed off. It's going to be closer than you think, but I got Cincy. Yeah, I'm going to take Cincy too. They're just so on fire right now, and the Bucks have nothing going for them. Uh, flex into Sunday Night Football for our viewing pleasure. It is the New York Football Giants against the Washington Commanders. Tie. If you would like to take the tie. <laughs> You may. I'll take the under on points, but the over <laughs> on Daniel Jones rushing yards. Um, I picked the Giants last time and it didn't burn me, so I'm going to pick the Giants again, but watch whenever the Commanders win because Taylor Heineke is getting some new shoes. Yeah, I got the Commanders. Um, I think they're they're kind of dangerous. <laughs> that Yeah. Dang- that's dangerous? It. That's Taylor Heineke's nickname. Kind of dangerous. Yeah, it's. I don't know. They got like some sort of swagger with them when he plays, and I don't know. Their defense is decent, so they got some playmakers. Grant convinced me. I'm a roll with Commanders. They have two more receivers than the Giants do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> True, but I think Taylor Heineke sucks. I'm gonna go with the better coach in this situation and pick Brian Dable. Although he made really weird calls in that last game where I felt like they could have won, but I'm still gonna take the New York Football Giants. And then once again, Monday Night Football for our viewing pleasure. It is the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers should be starting this game. I think it would be. Fool's gold to pick the Rams to win back-to-back games with Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback in 2022, the year of our Lord. Um, I'm taking the Packers. The Packers suck, mind you, 
They're off of a bye week. They're as rested as, as they've been since week one. They're not playing within the division, so I think they have a better chance of beating anybody this week. That's not an actual contender. Green Bay needs the win to kind of keep their playoff hopes alive. The Packers, the Packers are going to win this game. Will it be fun to watch? No. Will Christian Watson have four receptions for three touchdowns? Probably. So, yeah, give me the Packers. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to take the Packers. Um, want anything more than for them to lose just so we can not see them in the playoffs or have a chance to ruin the Lions season. But, yeah, I it's hard to see Baker go into Lambeau in December and beat Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going with the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I have to go with the Packers, too. They're coming off their bye, so they're somewhat well-rested. And the the Baker stuff was fun. And if it happens again, I'm here for it. But until then, I just got to take the reigning MVP to do at least something against one of the most beat-up teams in the NFL. And get you guys a better draft pick anyways. Come on now. Let's get C.J. Stroud. I, don't, I have no idea where that pick is going to go, to be honest with you. But... It's been a long night, kids. We've had a lot of fun. Grant, I can't thank you more for coming on and hanging out with us for two and a half hours, just shooting shit and having a good time. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, pleasure as always, Grant. You're welcome anytime. Um, Detroit, stand up. Hopefully we can see the Lions in the playoffs this year. Hopefully all of our teams make the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's, 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 Let's all hope for that. That happens. We could do a postseason preview show and Grant can come back on and talk his shit exercise all of the uh, emotions of the last decade plus <laughs> like Matthew Staff- Calvin Johnson. This is for you, Stafford. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> your elbow was uh good for us. And now you're helping us in the uh, draft category moving forward. Man, Just it's don't want to play the Cowboys again where we have a controversial call, but we, we won't get into that. Hey, Austin, was it a catch? What controversial call? Was it a catch? Des caught it, but don't ask Gene Steratore. Let him pull out his index card and see what it says, so we'll figure it out from there. Philip you know, Rivers, it's funny. Rivers it's, played the AFC Championship game with a torn ACL, and he's not a fucking Hall of Famer. <sighs> Breaks my heart. Hey, man, Josh McCown played a playoff game with two torn ACLs. I Josh understand, McCown but he was 50. He was 50 at the time. Don't you dare bash the name of Joshua Treadwell McCown. How dare you? Okay, before we keep going, you know where we are. Go get Grant on Twitter at database hit, database hit. However you say it, it doesn't really matter. He can't hear you anyways, so go follow him. He's got a lot of good stuff. Baseball is absolutely going fucking bonkers right now, and it's only December. We got a whole lot, and Grant's got... Everything for you that you need, all the Passan bombs, all the passing bombs, Passan bombs. However you say that, too. There's a lot of things going on here that we all can't figure out. It's okay. Can't hear you anyways. There's still a lot of shortstops to be signed, and Devin really wants Carlos Rodon because he didn't get Aaron Judge. But that's neither here nor there. And I'll take both Carloses. (laughs) Drew. Drew. Carlos, as always, always, we are here. Thank you, Grant. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, We'll be back Saturday morning for some fantasy. There is three games on Saturday, so we'll be here an hour before kickoff for your fantasy start sits, and then we will be back the very next morning for more fantasy start sits. Uh, Whether we are right or wrong, start the players to score the most points. Fantasy football is a skill game where the better players always win. Like, 
comment, subscribe, follow us on Twitter, interact with us all week long. Devin, Grant, you guys got anything left? I'm good. Go Lions. Go Chargers. And um, I'm going to leave it to the, uh, the the loving fans the best way I can. As Arson Judge put it to the Giants, peace. <laughs>